You're listening to Fan Holes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's <laughs> going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those that? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? I'm telling you, Trax, pow! You gotta listen to this fan holes show. Boom! Fan holes? That sounds simply delightful, Warpath. I must tell my good friend Raul about it. Sea spray, dear chum, what say you? <laughs> It's amazing! Excuse me? I said, Fan Holes is amazing! You guys should listen to it! Warpath, old paint, did you understand any of that? Not a word! Bang! I guess some people just talk funny! Blam! Pow! Zam! Wow! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Podcast. And if you haven't been in the box for the last couple weeks, you all know that we have been covering Marvel Comics Transformers Universe, which is a handy-dandy profile book from Marvel Comics, and we had covered the last three issues over the last three weeks. And now we're wrapping up, we're in week four here, uh, you know, in honor of... Transformers Age of Extinction, that comes out in two days. Run! Run to the theaters to go see it. I'm just <laughs> run kidding. Run from the theaters! Run from the theaters! No, no, no. But but also what Mike was uh, kind enough to, to bring to my attention is that as this is going to be released in 2014, we are also in a roundabout way celebrating the 30th anniversary of Transformers by having all these Transformer-related shows. So if you are not a fan of the Michael Bay films, you can also just look on this as a wonderful celebration of Transformers in general. Um, so I, I am Derek WC. I'm your host tonight, and I am joined by three of my fellow fan holes. Why don't you give a shout-out, guys? Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Ha <laughs> ha, Brian in all bold letters. That's a great story. I'm Michael, and I enjoy reviewing comic books. And Michael is all in bold letters as well. What about you, Tony, all in bold letters? Hi, I am Tony. And also, just to play into uh, Derek's little blurb, we're actually doing issue four, which actually goes into the first animated movie of Transformers. So, movie, movie, eh, eh, yeah. Movie! Yeah, this is this one's not tantalizing though. No, this issue is not tantalizing. Cultacular. It, it actually it <laughs> says it's the fourth 
final issue. So I, I don't know if that means there were four other final issues before that, or if it's just the final issue and it happens to be the fourth. <laughs> but that is the big tagline on the cover. Anyway, so as we were saying, uh, Ultra Magnus NRC are on the front of the cover. It also has one of those, you know, gatefold spread things where on the rear of the cover, we get to see the evil planet devouring force of Unicron. And much like the other covers throughout the series, we also have a grid of profile face shots, headshots of all the different characters. And this one is kind of uh, in that sort of negative coloring, I guess, where the It's inks, very dark and kind of sinister, yeah. Yeah, the inks are, are sort of reversed, you know, it kind of has that... that um, Since I'm trying to think of what, what to call it, like that bomb like, you know... Look I remember, I remember first seeing this cover and being super confused as to Triptychon's picture, because I was like, who the fuck is that? Like, because like, I thought his mouth was like eyes or something, and I was like, but that doesn't look like anyone. And then I was like, oh, wait, it's Triptychon's mouth. It's Triptychon saying, like, feed me, Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually saying, Raymond. <laughs> yeah. Who, who Raymond. gets totally pwned with the barcode in the face? Oh, let me see. Let me let me scroll down. Warpath, here. maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it looks kind of Warpathy. Yeah. Yeah, it must be Warpath because Vortex is like right near Ultra Magnus's. I, like, I, I, I feel eye. more. Yeah. I feel more sad for like the Septicon or Autobot who like the artist decided I don't have to draw eyes near Ultra Magnus's feet. That's not going to be shown because I can see Wheeljack right next to him, but the guy next to him is like, "Fuck eyes. I don't yeah. need eyes. I'm good." <laughs> Bonus, all the new Transformers from Hit Movie included in this issue. Yes, so once we once we get to all the way through A through Z, we're actually going to start over at A again and, and talk about some of the movie characters. So I guess we better get started or else we're going to be here all night long. Uh, the first page, we've got Steeljaw. So we've got one of the Autobot cassette tapes. At this point in time, he had not yet appeared in the Marvel comic book. So all that's really written down about him here to this point is that he is an Autobot and his function is a tracker. His quote is, what the eyes don't see, the nose knows. That confuses me. I thought his quote was always, what are your eyes on? (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is another classic example of the cartoon slash comic aesthetic making the uh, figure look much more badass than he does as a toy. Yeah. He's not flat, for one thing. Yeah, yeah. He's not a two-dimensional lion. Yeah. Yeah, he looks really cool in this. I I, I mean, I have have no hate for Steeljaw. Ha, ha, ha. But, um, no, that's just, I mean, he's not a big player, but, like, I I really like that artwork. That's that's some some premium uh, sketching there done. Steeljaw's awesome, and uh, I know as far as character in the show goes, he can't compare to Ravage, but toy-wise, I still think that the Autobot cassettes pretty much pwn the Decepticon cassettes any way you look at them, so I always really really enjoyed Steeljaw. Unfortunately, I was going to say, his Marvel Comics career, I think he showed up in maybe the UK comics like once or twice, and then he met his ignominious end in a G.I. Joe Generation 2 crossover. Megatron (laughs) blew him up. Um, 
I did this last time, and I have to say it again, because free plug, this one actually doesn't have to do with uh, Mike, but I did a Transformers mosaic about Blaster and his cassettes, and uh, my uh, script was that Steeljaw has such a sensitive nose, as pointed out in his uh, tech spec, that he did not want to hunt for uh, Scalor, who has an incredibly horrible smell, and... Um, they had to call upon Ramhorn, which ensued in much comedicness. Ha 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 ha. Anyway. <laughs> did it, did it, like, I always thought like Steeljaw was like a tiger or something. Did anyone ever get that that big box behind his head was supposed to be like a lion's mane? Yeah, I got it. I, I thought it was, I mean, he's yellow. I don't know. Yeah, like, it, what the fuck, it, Mike? Come on. I don't no, know. No, I, no, always... I, I don't think I had, like, I know I, I kind of mentioned about Ravage, kind of thinking it was weird that... You know, he was supposed to be like a, a jaguar, but then he was like a dog, or at least they treated him like a dog. But, like, I never really saw Steeljaw as anything other than, like, at least feline, but since he's yellow and he kind of has that mane. But, I mean, what what else did you think Steeljaw was? I don't know. Like, I just thought he was, like, another kind of, like, big cat or something. Like, I, I, I don't know. I guess that, that big box doesn't do a good job to me of, like, conveying that it's supposed well, to, like, do, do, be do you actually have a steel jaw mic? No. Um, Brian would back me up on this. On the other side of the cassette in the toy, he has this weird sunburst pattern, which actually kind of makes it look more main-like. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's not, it's not, a, it's kind of a jump, but yeah. So, Mike, you're wrong. No, kidding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and apparently still just kind of like the aliens in M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong movies, because he has to avoid wet environments. <laughs> he's, he's particularly vulnerable to rusting. So, swing home. <laughs> I bet that's like a. I bet that's like a sly like like uh, cats don't like water joke. I think something. so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I guess like I said, like he didn't do much in the Marvel comics. I mean, he showed up in the cartoon a handful of times. I mean, there's not a lot to say, say about Steel Jaw really. He didn't. What about like like in terms of beyond the G one toys like uh, not much iteration of Steeljaw at all? He had a really crappy toy with Blaster in the uh, uh, Fall of Cybertron line. That's about it. Okay, all right, all right. Steeljaw is a lion. He has a crappy new toy. Moving on. <laughs> we are now on. Whoop! Uh, this is the final, final, final Dinobot. In the uh, quadrilogy, or what is it, quintilogy of Dinobots? I don't know, whatever. <laughs> um, his allegiance is Autobot. His subgroup is Dinobot. His function is a bombardier. Bombardier! <laughs> his first appearance is Transformers issue number. God almighty, number eight. Eight, eight. yeah. <laughs> it's. <clears throat> <number clears throat> hit targets unreachable to bullets. So I guess if he spooks you out. Um, He's going to hit you. Yeah. Swoop was always the most friendliest of Dinobots. Like that episode with Swoop and Carly and Spike on Cybertron, like that's a really cool episode. And yeah. It's fun seeing them run Do you around. guys like like Swoop's toy and comic coloration, like the red, or the, do you like the blue, like cartoon Diaclone colors for Swoop? I prefer the blue. I bought a knockoff, actually, just so I could complete my G1 cartoon Dinobot set, and I think it looks a lot better in blue. I, I like I like the red just because it fits with the rest of the Dinobots. You know, like 
Cartoon accurate? No, but when you have all the Dinobot toys and they're all silver, gold, and red, it does kind of look kind of cool. So. I, I owned an original Swoop, but eventually his... You know how when you transform it, like you're supposed to put the beak in the center of his chest and everything? Like eventually his entire head and thus beak became decapitated. So unfortunately <laughs> my, my Swoop was headless from that point on. I don't know how that <laughs> occurred, but... It's common. That's like the major defect on the... The, the, the weirdest thing about Swoop, though, as far as a toy, and this always kind of boggled my mind, is he's a pterodactyl or a tyrannosaur or whatever you want to call it. Pteranodon? Pteranodon? Yeah. And, and, and Brian can attest to it, or whoever had Swoop, like you said, Derek, you had him. He has landing gear. He does. <laughs> he does have landing gear. <laughs> well, he has <laughs> missiles, too. If landing gear is going to throw you yeah. off, don't the missiles throw you off the dinosaur trail a little bit more? No, dude. Dinosaurs have always had missiles. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think? How do you think they went extinct? Like swoop accidentally <laughs> off the big one. Dino Because his landing gear is malfunctioning, and he crash landed, and boom. <laughs> boom. However, however, that's not a detriment because the Dinobots, all five of them, were really well made toys. I love all those toys. Those yeah, are... yeah, yeah. I always, I always remember in the UK comics that, like, well. In most everything else, in, uh, like on his knees, like you can see, like those were supposed to be his like pteranodon feet. But like <laughs> yeah. in, the, in in the UK comics, they just had his like robot mode arms hang off his like bottom and made those like the pteranodon feet. Like so, it looked oh. kind of weird because they were like w- really wide apart. So it just looked like a pteranodon with like robot arms hanging off the bottom. Yeah. And what? What? Actually, Mike, wasn't he like? Didn't he have like kind of a couple of big? Uh... Well, not big, but, like, didn't he have, like, a couple little special personality stories in the U.K.? Yeah. But, well, what do you call it? There's that whole thing where about him and Dive Bomb. I think we talked about it a little when we, yeah. went, got to, when we went through Dive Bomb's profile. Yeah, yeah. But, but I guess, I guess, um, I probably mentioned this, but, like, I guess his original, like, pre-production name was Dive Bomb. So it was, like, a bit of serendipity or whatever that, like, they later use that name again, and then Furman was like, hey, I can tell a story here, or something, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, he, he he's the most different of the Dinobots, because obviously he can fly, and he has, like, he actually has, like, kind of the smallest toy mode of all five of them. He's, like, very, he's very thin and slender and very aerodynamic. I mean, that, that fits with the, you know, whole flying dinosaur thing, but it's, he always, I, I think that's kind of why he was pegged to be the more friendly because like there was so many like G1 comics where like it'd be like Swoop's coming in for the attack oh my god he got hit in the wing he's going down <laughs> yeah that seemed to be well, even says it like his weaknesses his wings are super fragile so as soon as they're shot he's like ah Swoop going down yeah <laughs> poor Swoop but but he did have a really great voice and I, I actually enjoyed him a lot in G1 he was he was really fun why you make that noise? Because we left our stomachs back up there. Well, me glad me not have stomach to leave. All right, swoop. Moving on from the last Dinobot. Hey, hey, here we are, uh, Tailgate. And at this point, Tailgate had yet to appear. I don't even know, did he appear in the Marvel Comics run at all? In the UK comics, like in a single story, I think. Okay. That's it. Tailgate yeah, is... Yeah. He is an Autobot. His function is a scout. And his quote is, let my fellow mechanical beings go. I don't know about you guys, but I could talk for days about Tailgate. 
Uh, I think he's a Trans Am and he was white. So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I, like, I, I own I, Tailgate. I like Tailgate. <clears throat> like, I, I think I was just happy to be able to, because I think that season three era of mini bots, I was actually able to acquire them all. So I felt some sense of propriety and accomplishment in just having them all, whereas opposed to like, you know, it was kind of tough for me to get like Bumblebee and I never really had a wind charger and I had like a secondhand gears whose leg was busted and, you know, things like that where I didn't really have all the original mini bots or anybody, not everybody from season two. You know, I, I think I got a mail away Cosmos, but I never had Power Glide or Sea Spray or any of those guys. So I think I, I think it's pretty funny that, like, his profile here, like, this was never, like, followed up on in anything that Tailgate, like, believes that, like, inanimate machines are alive or whatever. Yeah, yeah, especially in, like, the modern comic. Yeah, that's not him at all, yeah. Yeah, and the the reason I always used to think Tailgate was a total loser too, just because like his abilities, it says like he has a powerful magnet that allows him to like you know be pulled by any vehicle in front of him. And I was kind of like, yeah, but Jazz did that like in the cartoon like once or twice. I know, so I was like, so Jazz has like everything that Jazz has, and he has your power too. So like you're but, totally but, worthless, Tailgate. But, you know? but, but, but Mike, he can do what his name is. He could tailgate people. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like Superman and the Flash though. Maybe like Tailgate's the best tailgater <laughs> in the Autobot universe, whereas like Jazz is only a semi-proficient tailgater. You know, as soon as Jazz gets like close enough to like a car, he's like, and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, when Tailgate's behind you, you're just like, oh, it's just a white Trans Am. Uh, uh, just a quick uh, bullshit thing. Coloring is off on him. He does not have green on him. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of a, a uh, dark. It, it's supposed to be like a dark bluish hue or whatever. Yeah. I, I do think it's kind of funny, though, that the 55 mile per hour speed limit is believed to be an infringement on the rights of automobiles. That's, yeah, that's he's, a, he's, a Sammy, he's a Sammy Hagar of the Transformers. Yeah. Well. I can't drive 55! <laughs> At least, at least he has a new a new personality and a new like role to play in IDW comics, which has led to him getting a new toy eventually. So, so that's cool. Yeah, very, very spiffy. Now, ones. now him and Cyclonus are like uh, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, dated humor. All right, moving on. Derek, Derek are old. Yeah. <laughs> Tantrum. Tantrum is a Decepticon. Subgroup is Predacon. His function is a fueler. His first appearance is Transformers issue number 25. His quote, anger gets me running better than any fuel. Again, the the Predacons are so much better in the comics than they were in season three. They were just... I, I, I still remember like when they like were running down the throttle bots in the mall and just being like assholes. <laughs> Yeah, but can you, that really be considered better? Because they didn't do it. Like they, <laughs> like they couldn't even beat like the throttle bots when they were in like, <laughs> little, like toy cars and stuff. So did did Tantrum actually like observe his his function in comics or the cartoon at all? Like, did he ever like people? you know roll up to like you know a, a seeker jet and be like, hey, bro, here's some Energon drink from my my shoulder or whatever. I don't think so. And I I, may, I maintain that 
that putting fuel tanks on a lightning shooting like angry berserker like <laughs> buffalo is not a good idea. Dude, but uh, it is probably awesome, man. He's like the suicide bomber of the Decepticons. Well, it's the, the 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 standout scene with him is in Generation Two, where Prime just like rolls into him and he explodes like a pinto. So. <laughs> Like, I can only imagine th- those fuel tanks were a detriment in that situation. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the Verticons in, in the cartoon and the comic, I'll admit that, they are just, they're just angry beasts. They don't really, yeah, they don't really serve their function. They just, like, they're 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 pissed off and they're like, rrr, hunt, rrr, 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 rrr. Um, Interesting note, though, this is uh, something Brian and uh, Mike will agree with me on. One one of the reasons why the Predacon uh, unit was really well designed and kind of really cool when they combined is they were actually uh, designed by a former Bandai employee who came to work on the Takara uh, team later on, and that's why they have kind of that kind of Sentai like similar colors, similar look kind of uh, aesthetic to them. Yeah, they're definitely very unique looking. Yeah. So basically, you're saying that Predaking is like a Megazord. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's kind of like yeah, yeah, uh, Transformers Wild Force or some shit. <laughs> what do you guys think of the Fluoro Deary design here? I mean, he definitely seems a lot thinner tantrum than than I would expect. The you know the toy was a bit more bulky, I think. But mm-hmm. didn't I you just good. get didn't you just get like the knockoff tantrum, Brian? Yeah. Looks cool. Um, the knockoff's cool, but expensive. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Well, well I mean, that was, that, was, that was the thing with G1. It's like, you can call them out for being like, <clears throat> taking artistic license, but with the newer toys, I mean, you look at like somebody like, uh, I don't know, like, like Skits, who's just come out. They really kind of plan these things to where you have all this articulation, you have all this new engineering, where you can flex and bend, there's all this articulation, there's all these, like, design choices where they look much more like the comics or the, like, you know, cartoon. But a lot of these toys were made in the 80s, so allowances had to be made, you know, for them to move really well. I uh, I think there is a, I know Mike knows this for sure, the Man of Iron European, like, import that they put in Transformers. They really went with the toy designs. And they were so blocky and so weird. Yeah. Like when they moved, they were just like shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Yeah, it's yeah. very weird to make them like move. Like it looked, it looked definitely looked odd. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to take artistic license, and 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 Flora was really great with like doing this kind of stuff. He actually like could take what you saw as a toy, and when you saw it, you'd be like, okay, it's not totally what I have. But that that's tantrum, you know. That's that's still tantrum. He still looks like the toy. That's like he's got big horns on his head. He's, you know, he's got the, you know, he's got the same look. He still looks kind of menacing, but he is slimmed down. So I mean, you know, I mean, they had to work with what they had. You know, you had to make these guys animated. And when you man- animate anything, you have to have fluidity of motion, and you know, much easier with human characters than giant robots who look like bricks. So cool. All right, so moving on from Tantrum, next up we've got another Decepticon. It's Thrust. He's a Decepticon Seeker. His function is Warrior. His first appearance is Transformers, issue number 17. 
His quote, my engine's roar is my enemy's song of doom. Oh yeah, Duffman is thrusting <laughs> in the direction of the problem. Oh yeah, I, I, I've always hated Thrust for one reason, it's a fanboy thing. Thrust has always been the most popular of the second light wave Seekers, and I've always liked Dirge more, so I just always hated Thrust for that yeah. reason. It's those VTOL wings, man. Yeah, I was going to say, just because just his wings look cool, he, mm-hmm. everyone likes him. He's, he's like the Skywarp of the second uh, the second trio, just because he looks cool, everyone likes him. Yeah, great Even though he's a stupid idiot, if you read his profile. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently if you read his profile, he's a lot, all talk, all bark and no bite, pretty much. Also, uh, it's, it's kind of funny to mention that, like... Uh, the conehead thing, even though it looks like, you know, just uh, artistic joints, you can totally make your Seekers look like coneheads from G1, but they look really fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, I did make them look really fucking stupid for the most <laughs> part. So, yeah. At least yeah. the classics toys already have their coneheads, like, pre-made, so they look, like, right. But mm-hmm. Yeah. The coneheads on the G1, just for anybody who doesn't have a G1, which I really doubt anybody listening to this doesn't have at least one G1 second season seeker. The the nose cone is really large, and they, they look like coneheads from the uh, Saturday Night Live skits instead of like robots. <laughs> <laughs> My phone cone. <laughs> the other thing that, that uh, is interesting about the design is they all seem to have those default um, for lack of a better term, null rays. You know, they all have the laser kind of arm rests or whatever. But if I recall correctly, like my ramjet and maybe even thrust, didn't they have like missiles and stuff? Yeah, uh, super uh, long was... bombs or something. Yeah, they were like not the kind of same ones that came with like Starscream and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, actually, thrust was actually the same. Thrust had the machine guns and the bombs. But Dirge and Ramjet. Ramjet had giant fucking bombs. Yeah, he had these big yeah. Coney. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, Tony's right. I think Thrust is the only one who had, like, the standard stuff. Uh, okay. Dirge, Dirge and Ramjet had, like, big bombs. or Dirge had weird, like, pen-looking rifles <laughs> or something on his arm. Yeah, he had, like, smaller bombs. <laughs> yeah. I remember they looked like pens or something, because they were, like, three segments with a little tip on the bottom. Yeah. But but they were still really cool toys and like and like for anybody who's collecting uh, G1 toys, Brian can attest to this definitely. G1 stickers suck because of how many parts they have. Oh my god! If you don't if you like buy a loose toy, you're you're screwed. I'm sure Brian probably tries to get the most complete ones he can, but G1 stickers have so many parts. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep. They also have landing gear. Yeah, yeah, that, that little peg. Which is a separate part, yeah. yeah. That little peg you put right in the nose cone. Ooh, it sucks. Uh, oh, just for uh, a fun little uh, later on thing, and I know Mike knows this, uh, Thrust, Dirge, and Ramjet were originally supposed to be a part of Beast Wars. They were supposed to be a part of the Nemesis and fly around and stuff, but they really did not have the money to animate them and like include them in the series, so they were just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. What what was, what was the like story rationale for them? They were they were supposed to be aboard the Nemesis when Mega like Beast Wars Megatron like took it out and he was going to wake them up and have them fight the Maximals. Uh, but but uh, they didn't have the budget or the time for it. So yeah, why that would have been cool? Yeah. Why would right. why would have they listened to 
Like I don't know because well, he had Megatron. the he had the original Megatron spark. spark? In him, because, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Plus, Trust was really, really stupid, remember? Exactly. Yeah, well, I'm saying, I know, like, some of them are dumb, but some among the three of them, they could have put together a brain, you know? Like, <laughs> like, hey, they would have been like, oh, cool, a dragon, let's do what it says. A guy with a rubber duck, you know? Like, maybe. No, what, what, what Beast Wars Megatron said to them, it was like, if you do what I say, I will grant you any wish, you know, go. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, totally. We know Dragon Ball Z. Like, let's go. Like, this, this, this check. Just out. like, but, I wish to bump my nose cone into things. Granted, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, Oolong getting his panties or whatever. Like Inferno's uh, just in the corner going, Setsubi, boo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Next up, another seeker, uh, one of the original three. Thundercracker. His allegiance is Decepticon. His function is Warrior. His first appearance is Transformers issue number one. And his quote, the deadliest weapon is terror. Super fan love, apparently, from the community on this guy. I, I get annoyed with the amount of fan love Thundercracker I gets. Because, like, I don't know, he gets like that sort of like fangirlish, like, like, oh, he's so doubtful. He doubts everything. He's like, I don't know, that's deep. I like, could I change know. him! Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like... Like, like his his profile says he has doubt in like the Decepticon cause. Okay, that's fine and well, but it seems like no one ever does anything with that. They're just like you know, Thundercracker just kind of is like you'll see him in one scene where he looks all sad when things are getting blown up, and they're like, see characterization. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> having a look of like looking like sad is not characterization. But. He doesn't look sad, Mike. He looks pensive. He, that's true. Yes, he's, he's got ringing doubt in his. In his inner spark, and he doesn't know if he should like. <laughs> no, I, I'm just making shit up. Um, no, but I mean, don't some of those stories like it's almost like the logical extreme conclusion. You know how like you always like to say like making Cyclops like walk the tightrope, but then when he falls off the tightrope, that's when it all goes bad. It's like you can walk that tightrope of like Thundercracker's pensive, and Thundercracker may not totally agree with everything in the cause, but then it seems like the minute he decides he's an Autobot, or or at least, you know, not some sort of rival yeah. fusion with the Autobot, doesn't that kind of knock him off the tightrope? Yeah, the story's done. Like, well, current and currently the IDW comics, he's like living as a like homeless bum on Earth or something. Yeah, he's like a hermit. Yeah. So that's pretty much yeah the end of his storyline yeah hmm. so but but still like I, I'm kind of like, I don't know I get that's what self doubt gets you homelessness on Earth yeah I, I will say one thing as far as this uh, depiction of him he's not very blue no like well his, I guess they were trying to like copy his like toy his original toy which is a lot darker blue yeah yeah and yeah. The, the cartoon had him like almost like an ice blue like. Yeah, and then and then yeah, it was, it, and it seemed like he had a little more white flares, you know, like on his legs, and yeah, he yeah. just seems very solidly colored here. I right? remember it was hard to tell him and Skywarp apart in the comics because they were yeah. both very darkly colored. Yeah, and and again, as we've stated before with the other seekers, red eyes. He totally has gold eyes in the toy, but it's the comic and it's the, the cartoon. That's what they established. So. I think this is the this is the only original seeker I ever owned, and that was because there was I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but there was this kind of story specific mail away order catalog. Do you remember the Omnibots? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, I remember. That, like, yeah, what like Thundercracker the big bad for that? Yeah, it's like he he was one of the guys you could order in a mail away thing, and it's like, oh, you know, Prime sent out the Omnibots to go, I don't know, fuck shit up, and uh, they need the help of like Cosmos and whoever and whoever, you know, basically buy all this shit, you know, and I think like Megatron was on the little, um, you know, they they had one of those painted. Back oh, up. yeah, of all the Autobots, like, driving on a highway or something. Yeah, and, and it's, like, like Megatron's, like, was, like <laughs> on top of a cliff, and he was, like, shooting down, and, like, Skywarp, or Skywarp, Thundercracker was there. But I remember, like, some of the guys I ordered in a mail-away were, like, Cosmos and Thundercracker, for sure. So. Yeah, as far as G1, like, like Mike said, you know, like, later comics, they have kind of made him jump the fence, or the shark, depending on how you look at it. <clears throat> but in G1 and the comics... He really never did anything like, you know, I really trust the Autobots, no. or I really think the Decepticons are wrong. Never, ever. Uh, in the cartoon, he was just one of the dudes. He was just like, you know. Yeah. And in the in, in the comic, too, he was just kind of like, uh, I shoot at people, and then Starscream with the underbase kills me. The end. Great working with you, Starscream. Yeah, he, he, he had, like, even Skyward may have had more plot progression than he did. So that's really sad. Because Skywarp had none in G1 comics. Like, G1 cartoon, his big thing was like, I'm teleporting! I shot Ironhide! Fuck yeah! Next up, we got Topspin. He's one of the uh, twin twisters. Uh, we got uh, Autobot Allegiance. His function is land and sea assault, so I guess he could be out there, like, palling around with poor Sea Spray, who has nobody to <laughs> hang out with. Uh, his quote is, The thrill is in the journey. So... Hey, Topspin's a wrecker, so he gets, like, props, you know. Yeah, and, and he also gets the recognition of being one of those very few molds that was owned by another company, and we can't use him in a cartoon. Yeah. Oh, is that why Is that why those guys were never on the cartoon? I guess, I, see, like, Floro Derry clearly made character models for them, but they were just never, yeah, used. I don't know why. Like I know, like I know, Roadbuster and Whirl and like the Deluxe Insecticons, like they couldn't be used. But like, and they're not in this these, this series either. But I don't know. Topspin <laughs> and Twin Twist. I don't. I guess they just didn't pan out somehow. Yeah, and Topspin is a wrecker, which is is really cool. And <clears throat> if you're gonna get if you're gonna get a Jumpstarter kids for five bucks at a flea market, Topspin is your choice. Don't get Twin Twist. What? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. He's got guns everywhere. He's got guns on his shoulders, guns on his hands. He probably has a gun in his mouth. He's got these girly little wings on his arms. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, those are not girly. Those are manly. No, <laughs> those are girly. Those are those are like for my little pony wings. And stuff. His like, shoulders can't handle how big his shoulders actually are. Twin Twist has, like, tank treads, man. Those are manly, not girly-ass little <laughs> wings and shit. Topspin also has, uh, has the has the uh, the undignified death award from Marvel Comics. Where <laughs> it, 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 the way the Wrecker's great plan is walking into like Megatron and Galvatron's base, like, just in, and it, like you know Megatron's like in front of the Wreckers and like you know Topson's like oh duh, well he's not Galvatron so we'll just like kill him real fast and then he gets his head blown the fuck off. So uh, uh, still so. better than Chainclaw. So if if you're gonna if you're gonna get one, I guess get that guy. 
Well, at least at least Topspin had a slightly better death in Last Stand of the Wreckers, like when he. Yeah, I think his face tore. Well, I guess not really, because he 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 died turning on a computer, but <laughs> yeah, I, he I, you know it was still more noble, I guess. Well, they have, they have they have more of a Tomac Zamot thing in that too, so yeah, which is kind of weird, but. Yeah, the, the poor jump starters. Well, I mean, like we we all know Mike and Brian, and even I mean Derek. I know you don't read a lot of the TF comics, but like the wreckers really were originally like the the guys we're not going to use and Springer. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you have all the triple changers we're not going to use, and the, and the jump starters we're not going to use, and uh, you know. <laughs> Where else would all he? Yeah. The last thing I'll say about Topspin is that him and Twin Twist have two of the best like third party toys like out there. Like the the Demolition Crew, they're awesome. Like I, I don't, I think Mike actually owns those, don't you? Know? Yes, yeah. I don't, I don't see how like Hasbro could possibly make like an official toy that's better than the Demolition Crew. So I agree. My only complaint would be that they have like long ass monkey arms, but it's not <laughs> yeah, that bad. Oh yeah. He's got to pose them around their long arms. You got to crouch them so that <laughs> you got to crouch their arms. Or yeah, you can kind of like you can yeah you can kind of like like gum up those joints or like like kind of make them shorter, but it still doesn't look that way. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, very and, cool toys. And and he does come with the uh, fucked up face he gets from Last Night of the Records. So. Oh, that's that's Twin Twist. Yeah. Again, well, proving that Twin Twist is more manly than Top Ten. <laughs> we'll get to that soon. All right. We'll get to Twin Twist's manliness. So, so next up we've got Trax. Uh, his allegiance is Autobot. His Can I do his quote? That, that's what I was about to ask. Uh, his first appearance is Transformers issue number 14. And give us the quote, Mike. Looking good is what life is all about, Raul. <laughs> <laughs> Lousy Earth Lover is one of the nicer epithets used by some of Trax's comrades to describe his behavior. <laughs> I always got really pissed off with tracks how they portrayed him in the uh, cartoon because he is such a great toy when you're a kid. He's a he just has a great car mode. He has a badass warrior mode, and they just made him Thurston Howell in the damn cartoon. I'm just like, son of a bitch. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he's got. The I thought it was kind of cool that he was you know a flying car. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was fun. He does have great toys, like all of them. Like the original, the Alternators toy is great, like and heavily armed too. And yeah. and and his Classics toy is good too. Yeah, his Classics toy has that one thing that uh, I think Derek was bitching about. It might have been Mike. Like you can actually pull out Trax's legs. He actually, yeah. He actually stands taller than Wheeljack, and they're the same fucking mold. Yeah, they. I hated that. For, well, I guess that's more of a complaint for Wheeljack, but Trax yeah. is. Trax's mold is fine, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, like like you guys said, he's like heavily armed. He is a warrior, like Derek said, and I, I, I didn't hate. Okay, I will I will take it back. I didn't hate his characterization because G one was all about you know wacky fun characters. It was a cartoon, it was for kids. But like, I, I think uh, I think Mike posted a uh, thing where like Trax is like a lone wolf warrior. It was like a mosaic where he's like you know. Like he's he's a fixer. Oh yeah, that that was a good story where where yeah, Trax was kind of like an assassin or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like the cartoon interpretation is totally like off the mark. I mean, they do talk about his vanity and and you know that 
say, that idea that you know, I mean, he he was what the sunstreaker of of season two, basically, you know, like yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's it's the cartoon. You gotta take it for what it is. It's just you know when you buy the toy and you like you know like oh man this guy's so cool and then you're like I want to watch Transformers Raul I'm gonna <laughs> well that's what I was gonna say where's my where's my Japanese uh, Raul like super detailed uh, PVC posable figure along with uh, Minerva and Jinrai <laughs> I want I want Raul just to be like well I, well, I will say this, at least, you know, thank you, uh, Japanese people, for not including tracks and Raul into uh, Kiss players. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been, yes, a little... Raul breakdances his way into Trax's heart on the next Kiss players. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is something I'm, I'm, I'm happy about. Thank you for doing that, at least. Ryan, do you have anything to say about tracks? Uh, I like the 50 style blaster he has in this like Florodiri design. That looks cool. If I remember, like his actual rifle when he um, from his toy, kind of sucks. It, it's big and bulky, yeah. And it has like a weird triangle piece or something, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, he does have like a weird like sci-fi esque like blaster there or something. Yeah, the the original toy, like Brian's talking about, it actually is kind of like a Rumble and Frenzies. It just kind of slides on his hand. It doesn't actually peg in. You just kind of slide it on there. <clears throat> it pegs in the bottom of his car mode in his jet mode, so that's kind of nice. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And and also he's another one of those designs who was given a mouth and a face for no reason. He actually had like a face plate and just eyes. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen any fiction anywhere like show tracks with the toy head, like where he has the face plate or whatever. Like they always show him with a mouth or whatever, like this design. Yeah, and uh, and you know, last I guess comment is like it's also kind of funny because. He has a red face, like he does in the toy. He actually has red eyes, but he has a red face, which is is, is very different, but also kind of cool. It's like very a different kind of thing, you know. Usually, you yeah, get a gray face, yeah. Exactly. I've always well, like, yeah, he definitely he stands out like an individual among the Autobots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I actually liked about that. That was really cool. All right, next up, turning the page, we are on Trailbreaker. Trailbreaker is an Autobot. He is a defensive strategist. His first appearance is Transformers issue number one. His quote, an Autobot's as good as the fuel in his tank. Didn't get used a lot at all in G1. He put his ability to good use in like almost every fiction he's appeared in. Yeah, he's that guy when he shows up, he does his job, but he just doesn't get used a lot, yeah. I think it's interesting here. They kind of act like he's supposed to be the, you know, have that Spider-Man wit to mask his his deep dark, you know, hatred of his 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 fuel consumption ways or whatever. You know, like, I like I like how in the current like IDW comics, like James Roberts has translated his high fuel consumption to being drunk. Being a, yeah, to being he's a total like drunk guy, like he's a heavy drinker. Maybe I should have changed my name to Trailbreaker, not wrong. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, Trail Cutter. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, that seems that seems weird. Like, like Trailbreaker, that doesn't seem like a, a term that would be hard to, like, yeah, know, yeah, secure hot or rod, something. Yeah. Hot Rod I could see, because there's a Hot Rod magazine, you know, and there's Hot Rod enthusiasts, but 
who's like, I want to make a trail breaker magazine or TV movie or show or licensed character. I've never heard of a trail breaker character besides this guy, so it's just kind of weird. I don't know. He does have one thing though. He has he has that random uh, thing like uh, six shot and uh, blur. Looks like pigeon noise can't find their nest. Pigeon noise. <laughs> Like shooting cyberfish in a barrel. <laughs> Wait, you didn't see that? You didn't see that flock of pigeonoids that Galvatron scared the other day, Tony? What? And Galvatron what? just sat down and he ate a sandwich on the bench, and all of a sudden, pigeonoids all over the fucking place. It was crazy. Does Does Trailbreaker look naked to you guys? Like, I, I feel like he needs that, like his yeah. backpack or the stuff on his back. But yeah, it's just like it's design. like blue, blue streak, like his shoulder cannons weren't included. In yeah. Trailbreaker, it's like his stuff isn't there either. And his head thing and his gun. Yeah, you know his little force field generator on the back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I will say one thing. Like, uh, I actually did have Trailbreaker when I was a kid, and that was a really solid toy. I had toys too, which we, we've already talked about. Well, you guys have already talked about. But like Trailbreaker, like those guys were really solid. They were like bulky, like kind of cool. They guys. were. They were. Yeah. I like how the fluoro design kind of removes that like dumpiness we were talking about, like the hoist <laughs> and stuff. The forty-year-old dad. Yeah, exactly. He's like tall and like this is this is Trailbreaker is like this design. He's the dad who's in shape. Like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is back when when Hoist wasn't eating so many Twinkies. You know, he played a few games of hoops. You know, he yep <laughs> morning jog. You know. <laughs> Also, also one of the really cool things about him is like uh, in the G one uh, series, the first series, the the only black like colored Autobot. He had that like dark kind of stealthy look. He wasn't red and white and like you know yellow. He wasn't like brightly colored, and that was kind of cool because they like they always seem to like you know do the the black and the dark blues and the like dark grays for like the more sinister like Decepticons, and it was kind of cool they actually made like you know. That deviation that, like, you know, like, oh, he's a, he's a black-colored fucking camper. It's a, you know, it's cool. Yeah. I like the fact that he has a different color than the other Autobots. All the other Autobots are, like, red and green or, you know, white. So that was kind of cool. Anything else on Trailbreaker, Trailcutter toys, anything? Uh, the new one is really good. I like it. True. Yeah, it's okay. All right. Next up, Trypticon. Uh, Trypticon is a Decepticon. His function is assault base. His first appearance is Transformers issue number 27. His quote is, Rawr. I mean, his quote is, Total victory <laughs> requires total destruction. Um, it does say that Trypticon has no known weaknesses. I just like to say, Wheelie, Daniel, <laughs> Bridges, Daniel. R- rickety Bridges. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I'm. I'm a huge fan of city formers and base formers, but man, the Decepticons really got the shaft. <laughs> like, I suppose I like Trypticon better as a, a base than um, Scorponok, but just barely. But then when you compare him to like how much I love Metroplex, like it's not even close. Like, he's clearly the inferior toy between the two. I don't know. It, it seemed like Metroplex. There were always like lots of cool spots to put your existing. Autobot toys, whether they're like mini bots or Scramble City guys, but I mean, maybe it's just because I never owned Trypticon, and maybe the whole deal with him was it was more just 
a huge dinosaur that, like, didn't he, like, electronically move around or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he could walk, yeah. Yeah, I I figured that was the selling point of him. He was, like, a dinosaur that could walk on his own. But, like, as far as, like, the battle stations and city modes, I just felt like, well, who who are you going to... I mean, you know, what, the cassette tapes? Like, I mean, (laughs) there there aren't really any mini... Decepticons, are there? city mode's technically just a hill. Like, a, you yeah, know, yeah. you can roll one of the uh, Stunicons down the hill, I guess. Down, down his tongue. Or Wee! Or <laughs> Wee, that was fun. Well, time to move on. Yeah. Well, like, uh, he's, he's the Decepticon water slide. <laughs> well, he's like gonna- he came out the same year as, like, uh, Skylink, so it was like, he transforms to a salt base, to a city, to a dinosaur, to a, uh, uh, dinosaur, oh, that's it? Really? Okay, okay, we're done. Yeah, his, his battle station mode isn't that great looking, like, especially since it has, like, two dinosaur halves on either side of it. <laughs> but, yeah. And I do, I like the Triptychon as he's described in this profile, and as he shows up in the, mar- like, his only appearance in the U.S. comic. And he's and, supposed to be really smart, actually. Yeah, like, and in, 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 in uh, War Within Dark Ages, where he's, like, a jolly old fellow, like, who loves, like, you know, stomping around and, like, you know... I don't know. Like, I, I always, like, when when Furman wrote him in that, like, Dark Ages miniseries, I always assumed he had a British accent because he's all like, oh, bother, you know, like, and stuff like that. <laughs> tut, tut, what's going on here? Yeah. I'm going to kill you right now. <laughs> but, and I, I also... I also love Marvel number 27 where, like, a, you know, when you look at that cover as a kid, you're like, the Dinobots versus Trypticon? That sounds awesome. You know? Yeah, that's the one where he comes in the space bridge and, like, the Dinobots fuck around with uh, Scamp... No, not Scamper. Uh, shit, what's his name? Full Tilt. White Wipeout. Like, it, it wasn't even Full Tilt. It was, like, a made-up guy. Like, oh, nice. Wipeout. <laughs> yeah, for, like, five seconds, and then Trypticon shows up and is like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I actually, I actually really like Trippicon's little car more than Trippicon. I like Full Tilt more than Trippicon. That's a, that's a sad, that's a sad thing to say. But and also for anybody who's collecting Transformers, just to let you know he is also uh, Gil. No, he's not Gil. Uh, what is his name? Is in the fucking Beast Wars. I think it's Gigatron. Oh no, uh, Gigastorm. Gigastorm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a big ass horn instead of the uh, purple thing that rises up. So. Yeah. Maybe that's. I was going to say full tilt. Maybe he turns into, like, a pinball table or something. Yeah, I know, right? I don't know. No, okay. I tried. Best humans can do! Actually, well... Well, it's it's actually, like, slyly educational, because, like, his name refers to the fact that he turns into, like, a triptych puzzle, which, like, is a puzzle that opens up in three, like, segments, so... That's cool. Yeah, so that's, like, slyly educational somewhat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well done, sir. Anyone else for Trypticon? Um, he's really big. Would you go he was, for a he trip? Was the more, he was the more expensive price point between Metroplex and Trypticon, which yeah. is why I imagine I never owned one. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Metroplex, Metroplex didn't have any electronics, so yeah. yeah. Would you guys go for a Trypticon, like, scaled against, like, the new Metroplex, like a new one? I would totally be down for an updated and improved Trypticon. Yeah, especially if he's like like Titan class, that would be really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would too. I I would be like I eventually one day I'm sure I'll get Metroplex, but I actually like actively seek out Trypticon. Does having a dinosaur the size of like the the current release Metroplex seem a little weird though? Like a two foot tall dinosaur. 
I, I, I would kind of be excited about it. I'd think yeah, of him more as like Godzilla than a dinosaur. But yeah, hmm. that's exactly. I don't know. It seems more exciting for like my little like as a kid. It would seem more exciting for my little guys to be fighting a giant dinosaur. Yeah. Than, like, it, especially if they like like you know engineer them to be more. Uh, Tyrannosaurus, where you could actually pose him to where his tail was like you know equal. He didn't have like the whole Godzilla thing. That'd be that'd be really cool if he's like more streamlined. That'd be really fucking cool. Get on it, Hasbro. I know, right? Get on it. Do it. Do it now. The the San Diego Comic Con could be Gigastorm. Do it. <laughs> All right. Come on. Next up, the manliest of. Jump starters. Twin <laughs> Twist. His allegiance is Autobot. His function, demolitions. What's more manly than demolitions? Nothing. His quote, war is wherever I want it to be. What's more manly Badass. than that quote? I will, say that, I will say this right now. I love the art on this because he has this really, really cute mustache. He has to borrow <laughs> Michael Jordan's shoes, too. <laughs> Big-ass clompers there. I've always loved <laughs> Twin Twist's gun. Like, his gun Yeah, his gun awesome. is pretty sweet. Yeah. I always used to uh, transform him, but you know how he like you just put his arms, which did not bend, basically at his sides for his tank treads. I would always just leave his gun, you know, in his fist. Even oh when yeah, I, yeah, me too. With him and topspin, yeah, that's the best way to go. Yeah, made him look more intimidating. They actually could like blow some shit up. Yeah. Do they still flip correctly that way? Uh, they don't flip correctly anyway, so. <laughs> You have to adjust their head things. Oh, yeah, that that little balance thing on their head. Yeah, Yeah, I don't even remember. And and if you notice, Twin Twist actually has the head thing on the side of his head. He totally does. The balance. (laughs) Nice job. Nice job, uh, whoever drew this. (laughs) Whatever your name name is. Whoever you are. Was it floral on all these? Yes. Yeah. Not in the later ones. Not in the the later, like, big-headed ones, right? Um, I don't know, actually. That, that'd that be nice to look up. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, because, like, these look good, but, like, the, yeah. We're not going to go in those, by the way, guys, but, uh, the, the addendums are horribly drawn. I don't like them. The, the, this actually looks good. This is, like, Twin Twist. Twin Twist, again, is a wrecker. He's really cool. He's, like I said, I like Top Spin more, but I don't hate Twin Twist. I have no problem with Twin Twist, and he, he yeah. He's kicking kind of a badass, kind of a saucy vibe now. Like, like I said, it looks like he has a mustache, and that's that's cool. I have no <laughs> problem with that. Okay, we get it. You like mustaches. Let's move on. All right. I like, I like <laughs> anything? Anything else on Twin Twist? <laughs> I like Red Car too. Mustache. <laughs> All right. Next up, Vortex. He is a member of the Decepticons. His subgroup is Combaticon. His function is interrogation. His first appearance is Transformers issue number 24. His quote, I'm Vortex. Fly me if you dare. It's about to get a little windy. (laughs) (laughs) Vortex was always a guy I think should have gotten second billing to swindle because he actually has a really good light biography. I really like him. Mm -hmm. He's like interrogator. Yeah, he's crazy as shit. He like you know, if you go deeper into his profile, he likes transforming to a helicopter and taking Autobots on a quote-unquote joyride and, like, you know, scaring the shit out of them and stuff. And that's that's kind of a really cool thing. He's, like, very maniacal. He's very, like, sadistic. And 
that, of course, fits into the Decepticons, and I, I really like that kind of thing. And he also has a really cool design, especially, like, you know, the, the cartoon design. Because the Combaticons, all the Combaticons look really good in the cartoon. I always like the, like, the fact they always they, they look like the toys. They had the, the, the shielded mouth, you know, except for Swindle, who didn't have a shielded mouth in the toy. You know, it's like they look like the damn toys, and that was really cool. I'm just happy that, you know, Vortex, much like Blastoff, you know, inherited some arms and stuff. Yeah, some actual hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the toys were kind of yeah lame on that. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's funny okay. his his helicopter mode doesn't look like like it like you know like some alt mode drawings like really look like I guess toyetic, but his alt mode looks like a real helicopter. Like the drawing here, at least. Yeah, yeah. Who when they're like first created like um when they're on the island and they're the original World War Two vehicles like. What does Blastoff come from and Vortex come from? Because I, I think thinking, I think like like Starscream always just grabs like these old World War Two like Japanese fighter planes, but then like yeah. somehow he, like yeah like pumps them into like space shuttles and helicopters and shit. Yeah. Like, well, I, as I, they're like transforming, <laughs> that they change vehicle forms first. But I always remember thinking like one of them was a really cool looking World War Two plane, and I was like, oh, why didn't they just leave him as a World War Two plane? Because that looks awesome, but. Mm. I suppose yeah. the toy dictated everything. But. Yeah. Well, uh, Vortex is actually a real uh, helicopter. He is a uh, he's supposed to be a sea sprite, I think. Helicopter. It's either a sea sprite or well, um, actually, you know, it's really funny. Derek will remember this because yeah, again, we're both old. Do you remember the show Riptide? That sounds familiar. What was it about? Uh, two wacky detectives who have a helicopter. <laughs> Solve crime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, and then, then their helicopter looked a lot like the uh, fucking vortex. Yeah, <laughs> random. <laughs> what they're out there. Vortex has a hot glue gun. He does. And he likes... him and my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Wait. So, Brian, your mom, Vortex, and Pace Pot Pete all go to the they, same. They meeting. all do crafts together and. Nice. <laughs> they they like crafts. There's nothing sexual. Gosh, why does everybody have their mind in the gutter? Gosh. Um, I, w- I will say this uh, again. You know, a toy thing because I'm. I guess I don't know. I'm doing the toy trivia here. I think uh, the Combaticon slash Bruticus have been remolded and recolored the most out of every single fucking combiner. Yeah, they've seen a lot of releases. Yeah, they've been in Rid. They've been in like they were even G one. They had like uh, what was his name was it was it Battle Gaia or Ruin Nation? Yeah, or no, that was when Rid. But yeah. yeah, I think Battle Gaia was uh, a yeah the first one. The only one I really didn't like was when he was tan and look had all the vein looking oh, things. Oh, the, the the skin disease. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I actually I had the Arctic one, which was really good. The Arctic camo. Arctic that one was that. cool. Yeah. I like that one. But yeah, Bruticus... Man, Bruticus is like uh, like Kenner Batman toys. Sounds like. <laughs> Pretty much. Really Street Luge Bruticus. Yeah. <laughs> Street Luge Bruticus. Skin disease Bruticus. Uh. Awesome. I, I, I just want to throw in, since we are on Vortex, that I enjoyed playing as Vortex in Fall of Cybertron among the variety of people you could play as. Yeah. I, I will say, I actually enjoy his uh, toy form. Probably one of the most out of the ones I got. He has a really good toy. I like his toy. Cool. All right. Next up, Blam Pow Wham! <laughs> 
uh, Warpath, Allegiance, Autobot, Function, Warrior, First Appearance, Transformers, Issue Number 17. A good shot, blam, is worth more than a pow. Good intent. <laughs> good intent. Bam. You can't. You can't say that without saying that. You, you just can't. Yeah. That's another. That's I, another. You know good. what? I don't. I don't collect Transformers toys anymore. But uh, I heard that uh, Generations Classics, whatever the fuck you call them, Warpath is is awesome. Yeah. Yes. He he's okay. He's got a great classics toy. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a four-treaded tank, and he he's what Armada Megatron should have been, pretty much. He's you can adjust the length of his barrel. I know, right? Which is what all guys want. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if only uh, you Bam. better keep, uh, you better keep uh, what's her face uh, Power Glide's girlfriend away from Warpath. Wow! <laughs> but I mean, like. Derek has already stated many times with his uh, enunciation. He's he was one of the really fun characters in G one too. I I didn't like him. Really? Why? Yeah, I thought Gosh. him annoying. And like his tank mode looks like one of those pussy World War Two British tanks <laughs> that got blown up like from three miles away as soon as a freaking German Panzer came across the hill. It just like totaled it. Couldn't withstand crap. So yeah, I didn't like Warpath. You didn't like that part where Bumblebee like. Rides him like a knight in the middle of uh, the dark ages. <laughs> no, I actually don't like that episode at all. <laughs> that whole episode I could skip. Like making the uh, black powder out of bird poop and stuff. Yeah, I'll pass. Uh, in, in the cartoon, he had turret syndrome. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> he had to say stuff out of nowhere. That must have been intentional. <laughs> That's yeah, no. like, but I don't know. I like I like the art here how he his gun barrel actually has like a shadow drawn on him like too. I know right yeah, yeah it's he's like, all glinty in the sun or whatever too. Yeah, it's kind of like a dick shadow there going. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't oh, say a dick cool. shadow. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't well, know. when you're so big, you have to have like to cast a shadow. I'm sorry, nobody knows about <laughs> the sun. I'm just saying, like, I don't know, my, my dick's kind of like a vampire. He only comes out at night, so. <laughs> mine is, mine is. He's not going to cast a shadow at the time I don't go to French beaches. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I just go to, like, you know, Texas ones, which is really scary. <laughs> <laughs> This thing turned for a worse really quick, didn't it? Uh, this, is, this is where the explicit tag comes in. We were doing so well. <laughs> we were, we were. Uh, Warpath, really great toy in the later years. And I, I actually, I'll I'll try to make amends. His Legends is actually pretty good, too. What do you guys think about the G1 toy? That was, um, that was I something I did own, like, at one point. From transforming it, like, you had to do something weird, like some weird slide with his chest that if you didn't do, like, you... You put a lot of pressure on it and would end up stressing the plastic a lot. Yeah, okay. you would. Yeah, yeah. And he also had like that kind of combined feet thing. He had like yes. treads. He just got yeah. He had tread feet. Yes. Yeah. He was. He was. He was not so much great as a toy. Much better again. You know when they animated him. So I think. I think I would have some uh, sense memory in regards to that transformation. It, it, it was. It was. It, I think the the uh, the. Uh, Collector way of saying it is not intuitive. Didn't transform smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, 
Wheeljack. Hell yeah. This is Autobot. His function is mechanical engineer. His first appearance is Transformers issue number one. Never do what your enemy expects you to do. Is well, should, shouldn't quote. it be, his quote should be, Never do what your enemy expects you to do, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. I love Wheeljack. Wheeljack is awesome. I was always confused by the animation models like bowed legs and the fact that like in, in the, the toy's face, like the what becomes his mouthpiece in the cartoon, I think is supposed to be like a visor on the toy, like almost a snake eyes like esque visor. Yeah, right. he doesn't like, have eyes, yeah, at all. Yeah. It's like they dropped that down and then gave him eyes and so he has this super weird mouth and he talks weird with his ears and he must ride a horse all day because he's bow-legged as heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always, yeah, when he has that first, like, transformation in the first episode, he's already, like, bow-legged like, <laughs> in that stance, yeah. How you doing? I've been rode hard and put up wet. Well, you know, he was carrying all those Energon tubes or whatever they were stealing from across town, so... Like, Mr. Burns, the sun-blocking machine blocked out the sun. I've had it up to here with these goddamn rickets. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just to go to some random technical things. He only has one launcher in this drawing, which he did in the cartoon. He actually has two launchers as a toy. Um, he also doesn't have a red windshield, which I think is just for this drawing, because I don't remember yeah. having a red windshield in the car, uh, the comic or the cartoon. Um, didn't, he, didn't he have his little, like, wings or whatever those he were? He did, in, in a couple of co- uh, comics. I don't think he did, I don't think he had them in the cartoon, though. I was thinking he did in the cartoon, but... Yeah, he, he always off. had the wings, yeah. Um, Brian is right, though. He, he, <clears throat> he actually talked out of his ears. Those little two side panels, they just lit up whenever he talked, which was, it, it, it was kind of funky, but it was actually kind of cool. I liked that, actually. Kind of really bad for nighttime stealth motions where, like, communication is key. <laughs> where are you at, Wheeljack? I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> God I just, damn it. As, as, as my impressions might indicate, I, I do love those, uh, what's his name, Dr. Smoo uh, videos with Wheeljack. Cause yeah, very Brooklyn. Yeah. Right Huffer's, you know, he's like, you know, when Huffer's like, I thought you were going to make dinosaurs. <laughs> he's like, shut the fuck up, Huffer. <laughs> hey, Wheeljack, I bet real dinosaurs had metal skin, too. <laughs> fuck you, Huffer. That, that is something that should be mentioned. Uh, Wheeljack and Ratchet actually did create the Dinobots in the uh, cartoon, which is pretty cool. Um, and because, Chip Chase, don't cut him him out. Yeah, yeah they, they created Chip Chase, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a figurehead. He's a bit <laughs> flawed, Brian. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Ratchet, you know what I want to do? want to make a fucking paraplegic. You down with that? <laughs> he was experimenting That's experimenting best. with fixing his bow-legged on Chip. Chip <laughs> was a bad result. Well, as as Optimus says in that like parody video, it was like, uh, Wheeljack, you were the one who who was dumb enough to make like fire breathing di- robot dinosaurs and then not give them enough brains to tell their heads from their asses. <laughs> hey, he was just being accurate. Dinosaurs have little brains, so. Uh, um, if anybody likes Wheeljack like I do, he, he is apparently getting a big turn in uh Red, so uh, the new comic, so yeah, he seems he's coming back apparently. Oh, yeah, okay. that's cool. 
Yeah. I, I, I just want to say, I know not everybody agrees with this, but I, I enjoyed uh, Wheeljack on Transformers Prime as well. I know he was kind of like a, a driftish clone, but I, I thought most of his episodes, especially like the solo ones, were pretty cool. Um, actually, I, I, I hope Mike agrees with me. I actually agree with you, because he actually was a different character, but the voice actor and like how he's portrayed, it was actually really good. I liked him. I actually liked him a lot. I don't know. I, I was just kind of like, well, this you might as well have made a new character. Because aside from appearance, he wasn't really, like, classic Wheeljack at all. Oh, yeah. Jackie! Yeah, ja- Jackie. But, yeah. Uh, he no, could have been He was okay. He was yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I like classic Wheeljack. I don't have a problem. If he was, if he was Drift, then what the hell would... What the hell would Drift do? That's true. What he say? again. Drifty. You're like, Rifty! Yeah. Wheel Rift. <laughs> Driftjack. Drifty. Okay. And anything else on Wheeljack before we move on? Upcoming Masterpiece toy, which should be pretty good. Oh, sweet. That's and cool. Also, I'll, I'll say this before we go on. His uh, G1 car mode is really good, too. So, mm-hmm. not too bad. Yeah. Alright. Turning the page. Next up, we are on Wild Rider. Allegiance, Decepticon, Subgroup, Stunicon, Function, Terrorist. First appearance, Transformers issue number 22. Either you're out of my way or you're out of luck. I, I think I'm going to throw it to, to Brian on this because he's a big Stunicon fan and since he's Breakdown, uh, what do you have to say about Wild Rider? <laughs> I like all the Stunicons, but um, Wild Rider is cool because he was one where they kind of took you know some of his tech spec info and it, even though he had some limited screen time, like they played up his uh, some of his portrayal or some of his uh, characteristics they mentioned here, like his wild driving and stuff. Like whenever there's Wild Rider and someone else like driving down the road, it's Wild Rider that's like swerving all over and like speeding up, slowing down and stuff. So I always thought that was cool. Much yeah. much like a Dead End, I like his like animation model head hair better than his toy head. I, I like the friggin' time bolts. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of crazy. Kind of. What, what do you guys think about the gun? It's like kind of set back. Like he's kind of like got like a rifle to set back. It's okay. Kind of kind of gives me a vibe of like an Uzi or something. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. By reading this profile, the terrorists win. <laughs> oh, Watch wait. out for Autobot activity, like that clownoid, for instance. <laughs> and now I, we can go back to Jar. That's what I remember. Oh yeah, Autobot. when he steals the Matrix from yeah. Rodimus. Yeah, him and Dead End. Well, you know, the really funny thing is, though, is like since we're all like you know well versed in the Transformers universe, we're kind of jaded now. But like when these guys first appeared with the aerial bots, you know, it was really kind of groundbreaking because it was like. Decepticons aren't cars. Autobots aren't jets. What the fuck is going on? You know, it was, it was really kind of... was topsy-turvy in yeah. the Transformers universe. Yeah, when you're a kid, you saw that shit. You're like, you know, like, Motormaster can't be a truck. Wild Rider can't be a car. It was, it was actually pretty cool. I mean, I really like their introduction in that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt that those episodes are pretty well animated, too, being part of the season, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wild Rider didn't play a big part, but, like, being a part of that, he did play a big part. It was, like, a really weird thing. Is like, just being a part of that, like, you know, thing. He's where... a little cog in a massive movement. But, yeah, it's like, you know, just because you're a small part of a bigger thing, it's like, 
doesn't mean you're not a big part. And then, uh, and I think uh, I'll, I'll again throw it to Brian for one more thing. The uh, fans project, you know, not stunted cons are pretty awesome, right? Yeah, they're really cool. I'm still waiting on Motormaster. Supposedly he's, you know, late 2013 release, but apparently late, late 2013 release. Yeah, he's really. not out yet. But yeah, they're definitely cool toys. Where where is Fans Project Motormaster? Where is my Jubilee build a figure? Where's that <laughs> Mandarin movie figure that is in such demand by me? Not really, but where are they? All right, moving on. Wind Charger. We're actually like uh, you know pulling back the veil. We're gonna get ready to do the movie Autobots here in a minute. But this is the last entry of the kind of G one. Marvel Comics Autobots here. Windcharger is an Autobot. His function is Warrior. His first appearance is Transformers issue number one. His quote, quick action equals quick victory. Didn't he have like that kind of voice where he was like kind of whiny little bitch? No, actually he had a kind of a deep voice. Actually, Oh, he had a deep voice? I don't know. I guess I'm misremembering. Yeah. He had, uh, I'm trying to think of who voiced him. Um, I think it was like Don Mesnick, or the same guy who did Ratchet. Maybe. Oh, okay. So he kind of had the deeper. Oh man, no. It was it was the dude who voiced Thundercracker. I forgot his name. The Mister uh, Slate. The Mister Slate voice. The the Magneto voice. That's actually. like the, the spark plug voice, isn't it? No. Um. I. I no. It, it, I'm trying to think. I think Chris Lotta did spark plug. Like. He he had that kind of like draw. He was like, "Well, I'll tell you this." He, no, ironically, oh, well, he. Arm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think ironically he had a Magneto voice, like from the sixty or seventies. <laughs> That's Magneto really fucking funny. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very ironically, considering his power set. Yeah, but yeah, he had the uh, brawn, you know, like wood, a wooden energon cube. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of deep, but yeah, he, he could hit those little high notes. Yeah, Wind Charger was obviously like, I mean. Everybody knows he's like probably the most like not appreciated mini bot in the like first season. Like you, you get like Gears episodes, you get like a Huffer mention, you get like you know Cliff Jumper and Bumblebee doing their shit. Windcharger, he gets like maybe one or two little moments, and that's about it. Well, he was he was Spike's pal in that uh, Prime Clone episode, you know when it. Yeah. When he was like, you know, when he falls into the pit of crystals, and he was like, you know, those crystals are bad, you know, and <laughs> the Autobots are like, oh, then that Prime is the bad one, because we're such fucking dumbasses, we can't even tell, you know. <laughs> Dude, they, they all went to the same class that the Avengers went to, with uh, Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly. And his design is obviously very much more cartoony than uh, Tailgate. He's he's kicking some fluorodiri right here right now. Yeah, yeah the original cool. Wind Charger, much like Tailgate, that you know that he he had that weird kind of flat, um, again mouthpiece type face with kind of goggle eyes like type thing going on. So I yeah. do recall with some fondness the uh, UK the like early UK comic where he had to rival Fusion with Ravage when the arc went crazy and him and Ravage had to escape and like save everyone. Wow, I gotta read that. That that sounds really fucked up. It, it was it, it was actually titled Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. <laughs> <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> yeah. 
I, and I will say one thing. I think uh, Brian hit on this earlier. Is like out of the mini bots, though, Tailgate and Windcharger have the best like car modes. Like, yeah, they're cool. Yeah, that punny. I, I feel like whoever drew this car mode was looking at the toy and didn't like properly transform the legs right or something. Because like, look <laughs> yeah. at yeah, there's a little space <laughs> there. <laughs> like where it, it's not completely locked into place. I did it, Dad. Yeah, that's great. So I just put it on the table. I'm gonna draw it. <laughs> Well, speaking of Magneto, I did recently see a bit of fan art recently where I was like, ha, ah, that's kind of funny, because they drew a, a shattered glass wind charger, and he had a Magneto color scheme. Uh, oh, purple and red, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. And again, just the, and we'll, I won't mention the comic, I won't mention the comic, but uh, he does get a little bit more of a spotlight and a couple issues in a more modern comic, so. Yes. Yeah. What what comic are you talking about, Tony? If anybody's wondering right now, uh, Justin Grimlock is somewhere punching things. He hears us <laughs> in his sleep. <laughs> no, it's like it's like that anime thing where Justin like just punches a wall, but he doesn't have any dialogue and his mouth's closed, and he's like. <laughs> Like or or just, wherever wherever Justin is right now, he sneezed. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so we are moving on to talk about Transformers the movie characters, and we are now jumping from the letter W to the letter A, and we are starting with Arbalus. His allegiance is to no one. His subgroup is, I guess, his planet, Lithone. His first appearance is Transformers the movie, issue number one. His quote is... He who screams and runs away lives to run another day. Well, that didn't greatest, happen. <laughs> greatest warrior ever. That didn't happen, though. He screamed, and then he got pulled into a sucking vacuum of death and blew up. Kranix! Yeah. His, his quote should have been, Kranix! Yeah. <laughs> Kranix. I, like how they, they compare, ah. I like how they compare him to Chicken Little, because apparently... Like, he wasn't Chicken Little that day. Calm down, Arbalus. Unicron's coming! I am surprised, yeah, that they gave him a profile in, like, his own alt mode, even, that he doesn't even use in the in the. Movie. Supposedly, in the script, he he was, like, supposed... Uh, like, both him and Kranix transformed into well, those if modes. Read, if, if you read the movie adaptation of Marvel oh, Comics... Oh, yeah, yeah. Transform, so. Oh, I was just about to compliment whoever said hell no to... Letting them transform into this abomination. But, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I can only give a compliment to whoever did it on the movie side. Yeah. Like his, his, his mouth just kind of goes. And there's the gun he did not use to not shoot it. Unicorn. <laughs> to not do sciencey things. <laughs> I will not defend myself. Yeah, shouldn't he have like a, a tray of beakers or whatever instead of a gun? Mix or, these chemicals. You know, just like maybe why, a why, why, why are you uh, why are you racist against Lithonians, Mike? Like you didn't <laughs> say that about Perceptor or Wheeljack. Man, I didn't even know their planet was called Lith- Lithone until like I saw it in print. Like I, when Cranix is being taken away by the Quintessons, I thought he said, "I'm the last survivor of Lipton." Like Lipton, <laughs> you soup. thought it was like Lipton soup. <laughs> we yeah. make we made delicious <laughs> chicken noodle and onion soup. Why do you want to kill us? So I thought it was all ironic and shit because they threw him in the soup to kill him and stuff. You know? uh, <laughs> no. okay. so, I don't know. 
<clears throat> that is a horrible. It's, it's kind of interesting, you know. I mean, I, I don't want to come off as a speciesist, but man, Lithonians all look alike. Because when we get to Cranix, <laughs> he doesn't look that much different from ours. No, people. no, he doesn't. Nice head. <laughs> all right, moving on. RC. <laughs> RC is an Autobot. Her function is warrior. Her first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one. Her quote, looks are always deceiving. Uh, first uh, major fembot character in the Transformers universe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even as far as, like, the comics go, like, there were no real female Transformers in the comics. I know everybody will scream out about the season two episode with Alita One and... Moonracer... Moonracer right? and what's the other one's name? Fire something or Firestar, yeah. Firecrotch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chromia, Chromia. There's another one. <clears throat> but they weren't major characters. RC no, was. No, no, they were just they were one-off episode characters. RC, but yeah, RC was five season lines. regular, so. She seems to have like a pre-production like model here. Like this doesn't look like her really from the cartoon or anything. Usually those, like, car bits on her shoulders are on her back. Yeah. 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 So I was just going to say, I was always kind of disappointed that they never bothered to make a, a G1 toy of RC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, uh, I, uh, I think Derek would answer this one. I, oh, well, probably Mike, too. But uh, it was Susan Blue, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that voice. Yeah. yeah. Great voice. Really good voice. Mm-hmm. She, she, had, she had what we call spunk. I was afraid you'd be trapped outside the city. Hey, I wasn't worried for a microsecond. Then you probably didn't understand the situation. She had moxie. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting because it seemed like they were trying to pair up Hot Rod and RC, but then it ended up becoming RC and Springer. Feels like a love triangle the whole time. It was pretty intense. I always kind of took it as like like a Star Wars thing. Like Springer was like Han Solo, and the Hot Rod was like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good way that. to take it. Yeah, well, look at—I mean, look at her. Like she's got the like cinnamon buns on the side <laughs> of her exactly. head. You know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, even the promo for like the Transformers cartoon or movie was like you know in the tradition of Star Wars yeah, comes yeah, a new right. exciting film, and they had like you know the lightsaber Megatron uses and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is totally a guy thing, and I'm I'm sorry to say this, but like even her like chestal decoration kind of gives the implication of boobs. <laughs> that little peak, yeah, yeah right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, breasts, <laughs> you know. I mean, they I even they even talk about hot rod in the profile here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if if I can say anything nice about Prime, it's that like it they like I I like RC and Prime at least because. I don't know, like, I always felt like R.C. was, like, the token chick or whatever. And at least in Prime, she seems like a good character on her own. Does she I, get voiced by Susan Blue again? No, no it's, it's, it's... I forgot, it's someone. It's that, that, uh... I can't remember her name, but it's that one Asian lady or whatever, I think. I think, I think what really killed me for R.C. is, like, season three, she was fine. But when they gave fanboys the obvious joke of her being a headmaster in season four, that was just too much. <laughs> and like, really? You're going to give us that out? You're gonna then, let's go there. And then in Japan, she became Fortress Maximus's secretary. Nice. nice. I never knew that. 
Yeah, I didn't even. And I know that either. Head, and headmasters, yeah, she was kind of like she just sat at a desk and she was like paging Fortress Maximus, paging <laughs> Fortress Maximus. Hey, that's uh, tough work, man. RC really got that was that was RC's retirement program. She fought in the Great War for like four million years, and now she's just trying to kick back, and take it easy, and you got to make it a feminist thing. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. That's not make it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I, about go there. I was about to say RC really got around too. I mean, from Hot Rod to Springer to Home Dome. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, she's kind of like the Smurfette of Autobot fucking yeah, village. She's the only chick. Yeah. Well, well, like Derek said, though, it's like, it's, it's kind of funny, though, because she's been in a lot of iterations. She was in Energon as a motorcycle, and she appeared in Animated as a car and a school teacher, which was kind of weird. But she's never had a, like, legitimate G1 reimagination, or even an imagination to begin with, because she never well, had Technically, re- that, that Black Arachnia repaint is supposed to be her from G1. And, uh, she's all gothy about Daniel being killed in that, like, terrible BotCon comic or whatever. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. It's all pink and sparkly. Yeah, but that, uh, I don't know, I don't even count that. But, like I said, I think, I like Prime RC. Like, she seems like she stands on her own merits rather than just being the chick, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that pretty good. R- RC was actually a very important character, so I, I give her that. She and actually- this, despite her, like, odd origins in the IDW comics. I do like her as like a murder machine or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like one of my favorite things is like, you know, I, I don't give Rid a lot of credit on this uh, comic uh, retrospective we do about Mortimer a lot, but uh, on Red, I really like the fact when she carved the Autobot symbol in her chest, she's like, I'm an Autobot. And I was like, that, that's pretty fucking cool, you know? That nice little moment for like comic fans, you know. She's like, it's no boob window, but I'll take it, Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'd say about RC. She's she's a important character to the Transformers mythos as far as being a fembot who actually mattered for not being just a fembot. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, seriously. I mean, I I was as a as a kid, I was disappointed that I could not get an RC. I mean, I I really did like season three a lot, and I sort of made it my my life's goal to get all the quote unquote main characters, you know. And, oh and yeah, yeah. And she was I was I was yeah. I was fairly successful, you know. I, I <laughs> you know I, I got a Target Master Blur and Cup and I had a regular hot rod and Rodimus and Ultra Magnus and Wheelie and stuff like that, but the you know, one of the people that I was never able to to nab, you know, because she didn't exist was an R C now, did they did they make some kind of I, I I remember seeing like these like fan type projects ones where there's been a lot of garage stuff. kits and third party RCs, but they I mean like they they look a lot like the movies one. I know Brian will probably know more about this than I do, but there's been a lot of like third party like you know attempts at making an RC. But there's are, are there any that are like well respected or is there anything that like stands out among the rest or? What do you I think? think so. I think it's like. Is it Transbot, the name of the company that did it? I There's at least one good um, RC out there, but it's kind of pricey. But originally, I think Takara had plans to turn, like, Nightbeat into, like, an RC headmaster. Oh, okay. And Is that why she turned into, like, he turned into Minerva? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but, like, I, I'm thinking their idea was, well, hey, we used this mold as a girl already. It could be, it could fit for RC, too. And it got to, like, you know, some pre-production artwork and stuff, but never finalized. 
Yeah. That's like that's probably like Mike's like biggest like shame is like he really likes Night Beat and it's like, Hey, what do you think about Night Beat? He's really cool. He's a chick in Japan. <laughs> no, I don't I don't I don't stress over that. I <laughs> know, I'm just picking on him. But yeah. Yeah, I I, I I agree with Derek. Nate Beat's got a trench coat. He he's he's awesome. <laughs> but I agree with Derek. They should have made RC. That that should have been a no brainer. Yeah. All right, so we'll we'll move on to the next page. Uh, another season three movie transformer. Blur. Blur is an Autobot. His function is data courier. His first appearance, Transformers the movie issue number one. His quote: "Faster it is, the better I like it." I like Blur a lot. I think he gets really shit on a lot. And I really like the fact that he's come more into himself in the Red comics and he's got more of a personality. But all he was in season three was just like, you know, it just like kind of, it didn't make me mad. It's just like he didn't have a character. He was just a guy all fast. I have to admit, I kind of lumped Blur in with like a, like a sort of Jar Jar Binks type category along with like wheelie and Rekgar, like all these funny talking idiots like you know or whatever mm-hmm. but you know i i don't know i i, I think blurs are right now like um i don't have anything against him i mean i don't have anything for him really but it, it, it's kind of sad when you think of like season three like your uh big three is rodimus ultra magnus and cup and Blur should have been like the big three. He should have been Blur, Rodimus, and Cup because they were the three Autobot cars. But just how it played out, it was like, no, Magnus is much better. You know. Well, they probably wanted to sell that higher price point toy of Magnus because he was well, yeah. more money. I, I, I mean, as far as like the toys go, I, I remember being semi excited because the fact that they all turned into more futuristic looking cars. You know, I thought maybe we'd give them more license to make the robot modes look more like the cartoon. And I guess in some cases that was true. In some cases it wasn't. Um, but Blur, I remember having kind of a funny transformation where you would flip his legs all the way back. Like, he, you know, you basically cracked his, uh, his waist almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So his, his legs would go all the way into the back. And then basically he'd be, um, his crotch would be unshielded. And then you would take the little shield that he had and then place that on the front of his crotch. And then that would be the front of his, you know, hovercraft mode or what have you. But, um, you know, it was uh, his his arms were kind of stumpy, you know, like they weren't as long. Like, I know, you know, Brian likes to say certain toys have monkey arms. Well, he had bizarro monkey arms because they were like little tiny stumps that didn't really do much. You know. Well, he also kind of put in that fit in that kind of a scourge realm where Hot Rod and Cup both had wheels and Blur had no wheels. He was just like yeah. a hovercraft, yeah. Well, I guess it also... I think that's why has wheels. Are you sure? The Blur has wheels, but... But you can't see them, yeah. It, they're like, it's they're not like, like... It's they're not like, like they're like... They're not like rubber wheels. I hear you. Okay. Like, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. I, I um, think, you know, even, even Scourge technically had wheels. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think he's a lot... Like Scourge in the sense that it's hard to maintain the hovercraft mode and then maintain the visual aesthetic of, like, Scourge's flappy wings, the way they look kind of like bat wings on the show. It's like, obviously, when you transform the robot mode of Scourge, they don't really look like bat wings. They just look like the sides of his, 
you know, hover yeah. shell or whatever. Yeah, I don't and, think and, and the same a... with Blur. It's kind of like, you know, he, he doesn't quite look like you would I don't think, think Scorch had wheels, though. I think he was just flat, I think. I think he had, like, little tiny plastic things. I could off. be wrong. I could be wrong. I didn't have Scorch, so you could be right. I, I think that one thing is really funny, I don't want to mention this, though, is they said, uh, not unlike for an Autobot who sometimes seems to be part thoroughbred Cybertronic racehorse, again, like I was making a joke earlier, but it says here in uh, the brackets, if there were such a thing, I don't think that was on his tech spec. I think they just ended it at the Cybertronic racehorse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think like had, like uh, Marvel included that. They're like, if there were such a thing, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I I think I was, yeah. The, yeah, are you telling me that pigeonoids are not real? Is that what you're trying to get at, Tony? <laughs> yeah, maybe. There are no. Cybertronian horses. Mock kick. True. Mock kick. I know, right? No, I, I just thought that was kind of cool. They're like they they were like they were, even at that point they were like, oh my god, how many robotic animals do we need? <laughs> The Robo Slug of Cybertron <laughs> yeah, gets stepped on on a the well established giant Robo Slugs and War for Cybertron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, collectors, just to let you know since we're talking about G1, um, if you do buy a Blur, uh, make sure when you buy it off eBay that the shield is properly like intact because he has really small clips. And those clips can be easily broken, and they form part of his hood. So if the shield is fucked up, you don't have a robot. Oh, you, you mean like somebody tries to sell somebody, like a blur, but then the clips don't clip on, so it's pretty much worthless? Yeah, you don't have a vehicle that mode, sucks. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. I didn't do that, whoever I sold my blur to on Botox. It was a good <laughs> shield. Um, cool. All right, next up, uh, we have Cyclonus. He is a Decepticon. His function is saboteur. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one. His, quote, Compassion is the Autobot's downfall. <laughs> this is, again, great art. I love this art. It, it seems to be another of those, like, pre-production models, because, like, I, the Cyclonus, I remember, has his it, wings, like, spread out. And stuff. Yeah, and, it, and he's much shoulder, more broad-shouldered and stuff. Yeah, his shoulders are not high, it's quite as high. They're kind of sunk down, like, they didn't transform him all the way, yeah. But it still looks good. He looks really mean. He looks really angry. He has the bunny ears, too. <laughs> and he has bunny ears, yeah. yeah. This is definitely a sense memory toy for me, like, flipping up the the fists that weren't really fists to make his little engines and, you know, flipping out the wings on the side and, you know, rolling up the knees and everything like that. So. Well, he had fists, but they were just really fucking huge. And like, well, they were like big, they didn't look so, right. Yeah. Well, I agree. I they, agree. they were like big pieces of purple crap. Like, they yeah, like, I agree. I mean, don't get me wrong, but like they were fists. They were just like molded with like the little fingers, but they were just yeah. like big hunks of plastic. Yeah. He, and he, Cyclonus, Cyclonus had landing gear. True. You, did, you, could, you could flip Still it out. Said, you didn't have to take that landing peg yeah. and try yeah. to lose it. Indeed. I like how it says he, he has no personality, no interests other than conquests for the sake of Unicron and no weaknesses. Well, he clearly had a personality. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, I think I, at the time of the writing the, the little tech spec, he did not have a personality, yeah. you know? Obviously, like, yeah. They're like, probably... you haven't written this yet, therefore he has none. 
I, I think my personal favorite thing is a, a dedicated destructor, Cyclonus transformed to a gigantic multi-engine and perhaps multi-wing jet fighter. I'm like, okay, Starscream is a multi-wing jet fighter. Most jets are multi-wing. They don't just have one wing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you know That's what wings do. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you know what wings are exactly. I don't know. Well, maybe, I guess maybe they were talking about like the Skyhopper from Star Wars. I don't know. It was just kind of funny. It's like, and perhaps multi-wing. Well, I guess that's why, like, like obviously his cartoon self is very memorable, and like how he's a dying, like, undying loyalty to Galvatron and stuff. But I feel I, I always found it interesting that like Simon Furman in the UK comics just made him like a big dumb idiot thug, like you know. Who's like, you know, Scourge is kind of like, you know, dude, don't tell Shockwave we kill him in the future. And then, like, Shockwave's like, hi, guys. And Cyclonus is like, we kill you in the future. And then it's like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Mike, you remember that, like, I mean, Brian remembers this too. Derek, probably not so much, but the uh, uh, battle in space with the uh, cartoon accurate Rodimus and uh, Cyclonus. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, Cyclonus like, is dumb as shit in there. Yeah, Furman always seems to write him as like a big dumb idiot thug. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Obviously, his cartoon characterization is very memorable, and uh, his IDW characterization seems to take elements from like both of those, like where he's a very violent guy, but he's also very honorable and intelligent. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, he really he feel. I mean, going back to the. You know, more than meets the eye mention and the the constant comparisons to Star Trek. Like he he does seem like the wharf of yeah, the Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Warriors, it is you and I should meet their end in battle. I, I I think I like like me, Mike, and you, and even Brian. You know what he's read? Like that's just he's wharf, totally wharf, and that's not a bad thing. That's like a really good progression. You know. Mm-hmm. Did anybody have the Target Master? Because I, I got Cyclonus before Target I Master. I did not. Just... I had both. Oh, nice. What do, you, what do you think of Nightstick? Like, does he look goofy the way you... Like, does he have, like, a big hole on the top of his plane mode? Like, is that um, You know, in? on his back legs, where those two panels, like, fold up so his legs can swing, like... They don't give him much movement. I suppose it would give him movement backwards. But, you know, those two kind of flimsy panels? Like, yeah. right, right forward of that in jet mode... There's just like a square piece with a hole oh, in it, okay, so he sits okay. like pretty well centered on the jet, and it actually doesn't look that bad. So basically, like his ass flaps, the the the, the <laughs> hole is like right above those, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate it with my ass flaps. Actually, um, as cool as the classics figure is, like it looks goofier in plain mode with the Target Master attached than the G1 toy does. Like the yeah. G1 toy still looks pretty slick with it attached. Yeah. Is, is also, the classics the go-to for, like, a new version of Cyclonus? It's oh, pretty yeah. amazing. Except he, except for its fatal flaw, remember, guys? <laughs> yeah, it's only got one pistol. Let's not even talk about that. Holy <laughs> actually, you know what? That's a fatal flaw with a lot of stuff, so... Yeah. I Actually, you know what? I was actually thinking about doing this. Uh, I was going to ask some people about this. I was actually going to get uh, another purple Cyclonus... And I kind of want to shave off one of his horns and, like, you know, kind of do some detailing with an ink pen and make him, like, more than meets the eye Cyclonus. I think that would actually be pretty give good. give him Drift's sword, yeah. That'd yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. 
Simple, simple customization, not too much work. I mean, you know, you can cut off the side of a fucking horn with an exacto knife like five seconds. So, you know. Yeah, and then and then you can sell it with your new tailgate figure that comes out. Yeah, his little sidekick buddy. Yeah. Yeah, and all right, and I could I I could glue his legs together and be like, comic accurate tailgate. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> Par- paralyzed tailgate. Yeah. <laughs> I do like what do you call? I do like his IDW design because, like, I think EJ Sue designed him, and like he he like took cues from like Japanese like oni demons because you can see in his face he's got that like sort of samurai hinged like face like yeah like lower jaw and upper jaw sort of. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know like how much more me say Derek has read, but like he looks kind of like Robot Man. He has like that kind of like. 50s, like, you know, lower hinge, where it's like, nap, 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 you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. And he also has, like, the samurai armor on his legs, which you can't get with a classic figure, so. So that Maybe. is Cyclonus. Moving on, we have his commander, the Decepticon City commander. I remember that kind of confused me when I was a kid for, like, three seconds. But we've got Galvatron, and his function is Decepticon City Commander. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one. His quote, my power is everything, defeat is absurd. I actually prefer this look and coloration. I would like to see this in the cartoon because he looks so snarky and such a like asshole. And I like the colors on this more than just, like, the purple, because he looks, yeah. you know, yeah. Well, this is kind of more toy-accurate colors. Yeah. I mean, like most of these here. Yeah, he, he pretty much consistently had these colors in the every Marvel comic, like, UK and US, so. Yeah. Yeah, and he looks a lot more more detailed and more, you know, not as exaggerated. I never I, I like the huge crown. I like the more subtle crown. Like, look. People people still kind of wonder if, like, he was designed as a separate character from Megatron, because I don't think his tech specs actually mention that he's Megatron Reborn. Like, well, this, this profile this, does, but... This profile like, does, for sure. Yeah, but the tech specs are, like, pared-down versions of these profiles. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. So, and, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like I said, when I was a kid and I first read it, I was like, well, City Commander, like, is he a totally different... You know, I thought maybe, like, yeah. Galvatron and, and, and Ultra Magnus were in charge when it came to, like, Metroplex and Trypticon. Yeah, and, that seems to be, then, like, the, yeah, the you know, Megatron was the you know, commander-in-chief or whatever. But. Well, I, I think that was, like, the idea with these toys, because I don't know if they planned to release the toy. I, I don't remember that far back. I really don't. I'll remember the toys came out before the movie or if the movie came out, you know, before the toys. But, like, Rodimus Prime, he was, like, designated as Protector. He wasn't Autobot leader, you know. It was, like, Rodimus yeah. Prime is the more mature firm of Hot Rod, and he's not the leader Shut up, you know. And it was the same thing, you know, the same thing with Galvatron. That's the exact quote on the toy box. He's not shut the leader. Up. Shut up. Yeah. But it was, it was the same thing with Galvatron. He was like, like you said, he's the Decepticon City Commander. And like you said, the profile here is not what he says in the text. But it's like, Galvatron is like, you know, a Decepticon who wants to take over the Decepticons and he will do whatever he can to, like, upsert power. You know, yeah, it, it did not, like, yeah, you know, not the new name for Megatron. Yeah, exactly. Did I did I tell you ever tell you guys the story about my my dog, my old dog, and Galvatron? No, I don't mm-hmm. think so. So, did your dog turn into Galvatron? He did. He did. No, 
Okay, so so my old dog's name was Fuzzy, um, and and but we had Fuzzy probably around you know the same year that like Transformers the movie came out. So he was you know he was a big dog, but he was kind of a puppy, and he was a lab. And he's this big black dog with like little white fur on his chest. But anyway, Fuzzy was kind of a crazy wild dog for the most part, but like he eventually kind of got housebroken and was trained. So at this point he was pretty well trained. You know, he knew he was supposed to, you know, chew on bones and not, you know, do anything, you know, like with, you know, human stuff or whatever. So he was pretty good for the most part. But what was funny was, uh, for my birthday, uh, a lot of people got me, you know, season three transformers. Cause that's what I was into at the time. And, you know, I, I got a couple different characters, but one of the characters, you know, among like Scourge and Cyclonus and whatever was uh, Galvatron. And so I had Galvatron and I was all excited because, you know, I was a big fan and everything. And uh, what ended up happening was, you know, Galvatron's cannon, the little orange piece, like yeah. for whatever reason, I guess it was shiny and attractive and whatever. So basically he, he like ate like the the end of it where it plugged in or something like that and so what we ended up doing was i think um somebody had bought me because i think it was like a next door neighbor bought it for me and then my parents bought it for me so i had two so so for that party and the dog had eaten one of the you know cannons or whatever so so we put it back in the um package brought it back to Toys R Us, and since Ultra Magnus was, like, the same price point, we just did an even exchange, and I got Ultra Magnus out of the deal. But, anyway, that's my story about Galvatron so, and my some, dog. Some ki- poor kid got a Galvatron with a broken cannon. All right. Why all this Fuzzy did you a favor. Got, like, yeah, I know. Fuzzy, you fuzzy did you a So. <laughs> um, I, again, uh, I've already said this, like, 400 times in this, like, episode, but, uh, Again, the uh, vehicle mode looks really much slicker than the actual toy. Yeah, I do. I do like his animation model, like cannon mode, better than the actual toy, which looks. Is, it, is it too much to hope that they would make a masterpiece Galvatron at some point? Uh, I don't think that's, so. That's, that that seems doable. Yeah. 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 It, it can't. It can't be worse than masterpiece Megatron. So you know. True. Yeah. One one thing that's really funny though is uh when they were drawing the uh cannon mode, I think they kinda of forgot how the toy worked and like the orange part is just kinda sitting there. It doesn't plug in. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't actually overlap over the actual cannon. Well his 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 like his um what should I say? His proportions like in robot mode and cannon mode are like way like super like humanized to like in these drawings. Like his toy is really chunky. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and fun, fun little uh, trivia fact for uh, Transformers fans. Galvatron actually does have a third mode. He actually does turn into a laser pistol. Yeah. His laser pistol mode, that, that little piece in the back there flipped down to be a trigger or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a little connection. It, to did, it didn't show up in the UK comics a couple times, but it was mostly him like riding around in Cyclonus in pistol mode, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't here. That. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to take up your whole cockpit. I'm just gonna <laughs> shrink down here with my. Let me just sit your cup holder it. here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how official this is since it's not like written on the internet or anything. But I had long speculated that. 
whoever wrote the screenplay for the Jean Reno film, The Professional, with him and Natalie Portman, uh, you know, obviously whoever wrote it must have been somewhat of a Transformers fan, because you can see clips from the Sunbow Transformers series going on in the background. But I always thought Gary Oldman's character was inspired by Galvatron, because mm. there's the one scene where he's like, you know, what, what do you want us to do, man? Who do you want us to get? And he's like, everyone. He's like, everyone? And he's like, everyone! <laughs> and, like, Gary Oldman, like, does his tour de force, like, you know, everyone or whatever. But there's actually, like, if you watch Five Faces of Darkness, like, there's that scene where they come out of the Quintesson ship, and he's like, all right, shoot everybody! And then the Constructicons or the Combaticons or whoever are like, you want us to do what? He's like, everyone! And he's just, like, <laughs> shooting his own men in the back, and he's just like, fuck this shit, like, shoot these fucking guys on goo. So I was always of the, uh, you know, I don't know, I just connected the dots and have always been of that opinion that, that Gary Oldman's character in The Professional was Galvatron-inspired. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I go. I've always said this for a long time. As as far as I go for uh, season three, even though Galvatron was batshit crazy insane, I I kind of like him more than Megatron because he is batshit crazy insane. He brings that like chaoticness to it, and it's like I, I love Galvatron, but maybe yeah, that's because I'm batshit crazy insane. Who knows? Well, all I can say is, and of course, like in the comics, you know, he was like Furman's go-to guy whenever he needed like a massacre or, or like <laughs> Who don't want to kill of, everyone? Galvatron. Yeah, a bunch yeah. of people, yeah. Yeah, you always gotta give mad respect because Galvatron wrecks shit up wherever he shows up, you know. And he has, he has one of the coolest deaths in the UK comics where the time storm like rips him up piece by piece until he's just a skeleton and stuff. Much better than in... in the Marvel comics where he just got thrown into an icy lake, or the Headmasters cartoon yeah, where he got say. thrown into an icy lake for some reason. I'm really cold. What about the Headmaster? Like, I don't even view it as like he got thrown into an icy lake. I just view it as four Headmasters like held hands and shit and got, <laughs> died. That's how lame with, that was. With the epic last words that should be inscribed on his tombstone. <laughs> Darn, my dream is ruined. Somebody oh, help me. Darn it. Well, you know, as far as headmasters go, friendship is magic. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, next up, uh, my favorite Transformer in the whole universe, Hot Rod. His allegiance is Autobot. His function is Cavalier. His first appearance is Transformers, the movie issue number one. His quote, my actions speak louder than words. This is actually a very movie appropriate one because he's more purple. Magenta. Yeah, yeah he is, he is. I, I have a uh, you see it and you can't unsee it thing that I'm going to tell you guys, and you might hate me, but okay. he's wearing two pairs of boots. Oh, I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 he has two yeah. kneecaps, yeah. But but you know what, Hot, Hot Rod was, uh, you know, pretty much like voiced by a breakfast club, so I can't hate him, you know. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Hell I, yeah. I, I've always liked Hot Rod, and I mean, like, I, I've never, like, you know, people are always like, you know, when Rodimus Prime came around, that that's when, like, you know, like, Transformers got ruined or whatever, but I never really saw it that way. I just kind of, like, I took it as a natural progression, really. I was like, yeah. okay, like, in the future, this guy is the leader, you know? I, I don't know. Hot Rod himself, leave, like, leaving aside Rodimus Prime, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I've liked him, too. Like, you know, he's always, like, you know, 
he's the the first, well, the second, I guess, after Bumblebee, the kid appeal character or whatever. Like he he fills that like mold that like everyone like there's got to be one in every series, like whether it be Cheetor or Hotshot or like Cyborg. Yeah, they they always have that kind of hot rod type. Yeah. But but I, I think I think Derek and Mike would agree with me though, like where Bumblebee was more like the seven year old like kid friend, you know, it's like, Bumblebee, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. You know, Hot Rod was more like the teenage, like yeah. the brother guy, yeah. And it seems like it seems like they've tried to fold more elements of that into Bumblebee in like more recent incarnations where Bumblebee's like, you know, instead of a bug, he's a Camaro or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's or, a cool or Will, brother. Or he's yeah. Will Friedel. Or he's Will Friedel, yes. See? Yeah, because Mumbley, like, in the in G1, he was, like, he was, like, the, the Robin of, like, really early Batman Adventures. is like, golly, gosh, gee, gosh darn, you know, it's like, oh, God. But, like, Hot Rod was, like, that older brother. Like, even when you saw the movie, you know, it's like, he doesn't talk down to you, but he still is, like, I am really cooler than you. I mean, you're cool. You're a cool guy. I like you. But, you know, I'm still your older brother. You know, it's like, and, and that's the kind of guy you look up to. You're like, I really want to be my older brother. And, like, I think that's why Hot Rod kind of hit a better nerve than Bumblebee. You know, it's like, you want to be your older brother. You know, you don't want to be, like, the fucking six-year-old who's your twin. And he's, like, the same as you. And he's like, I fuck up a lot, you know. That's too bad. They can't They can't even call him Hot Rod anymore. Like, all his toys have to be Rodimus from now on, so... It is Didn't they at one point try the whole Autobot hot rod trick or whatever? No, no, the the, the worst one was Rod of his Major. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, they even tried that. I, I think it has, they just call him Rodimus something or just Rodimus now. Yeah, Rod of yeah, Major was only for one 50-second thing. It was when they did the TUR re-release. It was when he was, uh, yeah. Really, yeah, he was Rod of his Major and everybody was like, really, really? What do you guys what do you guys think of that original hot rod toy? Great. I like I like the original hot rod. I think he's a really good toy. I loved him. Um I remember uh, as a kid I would take him and like roll him really fast across my carpet in car mode cuz he's a really fast car. And so one day I was doing that and his whole like windshield and spoiler broke off. <laughs> so like I was like, oh, "I'll fix that." And I got a nail from my dad's tool shop or whatever and a hammer. And I hammered it back on, but apparently I was off-center a little bit, because when you transformed him back into robot mode, like, his spoiler was, like, an inch and a half out to the side of where it should be. <laughs> so I could only really use him in car mode from then on. I think mine, like, his, his uh, I don't know what you call it, his, his windscreen and, um, you know, yellow, uh, you know, side flaps or whatever, that, that whole piece fell off. So I would just keep him permanently in robot mode, and I had like a rubber band that like held held the uh, piece in place or what have you. That's not a bad idea to fix it. So, the first I, one I got was that Toys R Us reissue that Tony just mentioned. So like, I mean, he's okay. I mean, like, I when I got him, I was older, so I was kind of like, like, oh great, his arms move. Good, uh, <laughs> good for you. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know he's got a decent classics toy and. The, as of this time, maybe it'll be confirmed by the time this airs. But w- the rumor is he's going to get a new like classics toy eventually. But I hope so. Yeah. Great. 
Is that well, going to be more IDW inspired, do you think? I'd assume, yeah. Like, probably based on its IDW design. Well, I, I, I think in 1986, is like the thing was, is like, the, the, the pundits and the, like, you know, the, the, the brain trust it has where I was like, we're going to make a really cool hot rod toy. He's going to be super fucking awesome. And everybody's going to love him. And everybody's like, you know, in this day and age, they'd be like, kind of against it and be like, whatever, whatever. But at that time when he came out, everybody was like, holy shit, this is, this is really fucking cool. You know, it was like, there was no sarcasm. There was no like. Yeah. When everyone saw that, everyone was like, wow, that looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was like no like cynical like you know outlook. Is like, holy shit, yeah, that's that's a really good toy. You know, it's like I, I kind of miss those days sometimes. Like when you get a good to- good toy and you're like, oh, this is gonna suck, and then you open it up and you like take all the plastic off and you're like, holy shit, this is a really good toy. I like this. You know, I, I miss those days. Okay, but not not to change gears too much, but I think we'll move on to Rodimus Prime's entry, which is actually the very next entry. Um, his uh, allegiance is Autobot, like was being mentioned before. His function is protector. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number three. His quote is, experience is the benchmark of maturity. But, I mean, I, I just wanted to throw that in there. I know we're already sort of talking about Hot Rod and Rodimus and stuff like that. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like, I... I briefly flirted with the idea of maybe getting some kind of masterpiece Rodimus toy, but everything I've read has been sort of conflicting. Like, do you guys have any opinions on that, one way or the other? Yeah, I have it, but I've never taken it out of the box. Um, I've heard a lot of, like, quality issues where he's pretty easily breakable. And, like, for me, it's a a thing about scale, which I might have talked about on an earlier show, but, like, basically, he's, like, at Optimus Prime's, like, the second Masterpiece Optimus Prime's head, or maybe a little bit taller. And so, I don't know, I have him... He's Rodimus Prime height, basically. Yeah, but he doesn't, I don't know, he just doesn't seem like he fits in well with any of my other Masterpiece toys. So, like, I'm confused where to put him, basically. So, I've just left him in the box in my closet. Yeah, all all I keep reading is, like, you know, it's like there, there were complaints about the you know, American stateside release. And then I thought, well, maybe the Takara release will be much better. And then when I read that, it was like, that's even worse. And I went, really? <laughs> I went, wow, that's, um, well, that's unfortunate. Well, uh, unless I'm mistaken, Brian, he just kind of folds up a little bit. I don't know. I've not transformed him. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, he, he like kind of gets a little bigger. I mean, I could be wrong. Oh, yeah, the change between Rodimus and Hot Rod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, you, you get like a little space, and that's about all you get. I will say this, though, and I will say this until the end of time. Rodimus Prime, in Season 3, totally got shafted and got fucking cock-blocked. Oh, yeah. He should yeah. have been a much better character. I love yeah. Rodimus Prime. I thought he was well, like I mean, like probably one of the my favorite episodes of Transformers is The Burden Hardest to Bear. And like Great episode. Just, yeah. You know. One of the and best then the is. very yeah. next episode was the return of Optimus. Yeah, Prime. yeah. Like I said, he got cop blocked. He really did get cop blocked. He was like, you well, know, it's, it's like, interesting. It's like the way you know, like Marv Wolfman talks a lot about this on the old Rhino sets and everything. But you know, they were really, really just trying to give him a full arc. And by the time you got to the burden hardest to bear, it was like, okay, it, it, it's kind of like if. If anybody can relate to this analogy, if you were ever a reader of the Flash comics, it's kind of like they do the return of Barry Allen story where it turns out to be Professor Zoom and Wally West finally, finally is out of the shadow of the Flash 
you know what I mean? It's like, way to go, Barry. I understand, like, you were awesome, but now I'm going to be my own man. And, like, after that, Wally West was just, like, the best Flash ever. Yeah. But imagine that they did the return of Barry Allen story, and then issue 81, immediately after, it's like, oh, I'm Barry again, I'm back for real, you're Kid Flash again, goodbye. And you just went, what? You know, like, where it, <laughs> like it was like all that sort of hard work over the last well, you know, me, year of, of storytelling was just kind of thrown well, out. It, it's well known as, like, when Transformers was, like, in production, they, they did do, like, any animated series, they've already got, like, a lot of, like, episodes in the can before they start airing them. And, like, you know, after the movie, they got so much fucking feedback from all these little kids who were, like, crying and stuff. And I admit, you know, I'm a kid, like, at that time. I was, like, you know, upset about Optimus dying, but I didn't write a fucking letter. I was like, oh, that sucked. It sounded uh, like that was more like a parent's thing than a kid's yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. I, mean? like, I, I doubt kids wrote where, letters, yeah. Where where the kid was crying, and then the parents were like, what the fuck, I brought my kid to see this movie, and now he was crying for ten days? Like, fuck yeah. you, Hasbro. You know, or something like that. That's what it sounded like to me. But I, um... But they, they, they still wanted to change... For... I don't know, though. It just sounds weird to me. Like, how could you release something like Dark Awakening... Do you know what I mean? Like that's even yeah. worse. It's like that's like it's, that's it's like, like it's like all the kids are crying about Optimus Prime, so you bring him back as a zombie and then like really really kill him. You know, yeah. like I mean, well, it's I, like, I, I think that was one of the horrifically things. like disfigure him before yeah, you kill him. Like, I hanging out. Oh, I remember. I, remember I do remember being scared of that, like Optimus Prime <laughs> with the one optic and like half his face <laughs> is blown off. Like I was like, ah, he's like, I do this for the love of ah, yeah. Yeah, but 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 I think that was again another episode that was done before the like outrage really hit, and it's like I I, I, I troop is like one of those things that like I mean we all call it troop is like just not great. It's like not a horrible story, but it's just like as again as you said, Derek, it just takes so much away from like Rodimus is like. Dude, he he worked his ass off, like story wise. You know, we've seen some stories with him, really good stories, and he worked his ass off to like be a good leader. And he even questioned himself. I know you're bored, Rodimus, but with the mantle of leadership come obligations. Hmm. Don't suppose I could interest you in a used mantle? It's kind of weird because if you you think the argument would be like, oh well, you know, if, if somebody was, I guess, a, a pundit or a hater of of the season three era. You, you might say, well, when the, when they, once they brought back Optimus Prime, it should have fixed everything, right? But exactly. it was like what, what happened after the return of Optimus Prime. It was like there were three episodes of Headmasters, and then that was it, you know? I've said this from day one, even when I was a kid. Season three was really fun. I liked, I liked the new characters. It made me, like, you know, interested into it again. You know, I was like, oh, my God, they have, like, old characters. You have Perceptor, you have Blaster, you have, like, you know, all these characters in season two. But you also have, like, the new characters, and you have a new leader, and it's, like, kind of fun. It's like you kind of reinvigorated the idea, which is what Hasbro was trying to do. But some, I mean, I, I mean that's why I like more BCI. It's not fucking Optimus. I know Optimus Prime is always going to be a part of the fucking franchise. He's always got to be included into this, like, series. But I would much prefer something like Orion Pax Spotlight, where we get to get, like, you know, Optimus is a, like, different character 
instead of just the same old shit where it's always Optimus versus Megatron. That's why I like Morning Meets the Eye. That's why I like Season 3. And that's all I got to say about Rodimus Prime, because we're going to probably go too much into detail about it. Yeah, that's fine. I like Rodimus. I mean, he's definitely deserving. I mean, it, it, I, I guess like they would say on the Who's Who podcast, it's like Rodimus Prime could have gotten like two pages, you know, like just like Batman should have had two pages or something. You know, it's it's a pretty important character in the mythos. So um, I know a lot of people like to make fun of the, the old school G1 toy because he's a brick, but I was always happy to have him because I like Rodimus. So. He, he has a really nice gun station. He does. He does. He turns into a Winnebago. He does. That is also true. <laughs> Dude, he's like the Shazam Bago. He's got like hot <laughs> flames and shit. He's awesome. So um, I guess uh, unless anybody has anything else on Rodimus, we'll move on. I'm good unless Brian or uh, Mike want to say something. Nope. No. Right. Okay, next up we got Cranix. Cranix, uh, again, he has no allegiance. His subgroup is his planet, uh, Lipton. I mean, uh, his first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one, as, quote, before you can be a survivor, you must be a winner. And Cranix was certainly not a winner, and no. he certainly didn't survive. So that's how that turned out for Cranix. I, I feel bad for this character because I, I kind of want to see him go on a little bit because he seemed like a really nice guy. But you you, you got to have your fodder for the movie, and... That, that's just yeah. pretty much where he, he fell, you know. That's that's how it goes. He died as he lived in a big bowl of soup. <laughs> <laughs> With a big-ass head. I don't have much to say about him. I don't think anyone's, like, champing at the bit for a Kranix or Arbalist toy, so, right, you know. Right. I, I will say, Kranix does have a better Star Cruiser mode than uh, Arbalist. Okay. Slightly. Yeah. His gun's on top instead of the bottom. Awesome. All right, that's Cranix. Moving on, Cup. Cup is an Autobot. His function is warrior. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one. His quote, the past is the greatest teacher. I'm going to go ahead and do this now because if I don't, I will talk forever. Cup is my favorite season three Autobot because he's old, he's gruff, he's an asshole, and he's really cool. And I love the shit out of Cup, and I'm going to shut up now before I talk for like eight hours about him the only I, thing like i knew he was like a futuristic car but I, I i never really got like i know it says so on his tech spec but i think just looking at him like i never really got the idea that he was a futuristic pickup truck yeah but, i was gonna say i like how the first line of his profile explains his name yeah. basically I'm like up as in pickup truck yeah, yeah. He he was Ironhide before Ironhide was Ironhide. That's what you get from the like, you know his uh, profile. So. Mm-hmm. I like him better than Ironhide. <clears throat> I do too. Yeah, Ironhide. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Ironhide. Like I mentioned when we talked about him before, but I I, I was always a big fan of season three. So like when I, when I got Blur, I got Cup at the same time, and this was in the I guess Headmaster Target Master era. So they had their their little target master buddies with them or whatever. Although cups was kind of weird. Like, you know how I asked you about Cyclonus? Like it's like his hole was like on the back of his flat pickup truck. Yeah. Box. He shoots backwards apparently. Yeah. And I was just or kind of like, what? I was yeah. like, what good does that do you? Like, you know, yeah. so 
I, 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 well, I, I will add this as far as IDW. I was talking about, like, old school Cup. Yeah, probably the thing that pissed me off the most is, like, he died in infestation or interrogation or zombie blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. That, that was, Abnett, yeah. Abnett and Lanning killed him off in one of their stupid, like, zombie tie-in things or whatever. Um, yeah, that fucking pissed me off. God damn it. I was just going to say, I like his blue coloring here, so it wasn't very deep, as opposed to the kind of like the aqua sea foam or whatever his toy was. I think it looks better blue. Yeah, definitely. I like the darker blue on him. Yeah, yeah he almost looked like, like he had green tones in the toy. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. teal. Yeah, teal, yeah. All, all I was going to say before about the Abnett and Lanning stuff was, I always thought that was like weird, like a shame or something, because I, I would have to say, the like, you know, if you put... Abnett and Lanning's comic work up to a microscope, like, for me, I'd say I like, like, 90% of what they've written. You know what I mean? So, like, I was kind of surprised that, like, I don't Their know. Transformers stuff, Transformers stuff sucked. Was, yeah. was no good. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I mean, it could be something editorial where they're like, oh, you know, do these in- infestations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going you know, to do this thing, thing and Cup's going to die, yeah, and then yeah. somebody's going to fart a black cloud, like, write it, you know, and you're like, Okay. Well, well the th- there was a blurb on Dark Cybertron. Somebody from the Dead Universe is going to come back soon. Yeah. Well, in the first issue of Dark Cybertron, you see like a there's a flash of future events, and one of them shows Cup. So, hell yeah. Does Cup have a Nick Fury electronic stogie in any of his <laughs> no. figures? No. No. You mean a Cygar? Yeah, a Cygar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't mind the Cygar. That, that was actually not a bad, like, vision. <laughs> that was kind of cute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, but yeah. Just have it, a good classics toy. Oh, yeah, I love... Hey, everybody's just on the classics toy. Thank you, Mike. It's a good classics toy. It looks like fucking Cup. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. It looks cool. And I, I like how his his gun, his classics gun, actually now looks like a musket. Like, it, you know... Yeah, it's like, it's it looks like old. It looks like, like kind of like beat up and shit, yeah. Yeah, he just, his original toy just came with this generic, like, laser rifle. They called a musket laser, but the Classics toy actually took it and made it look like an old-timey rifle, so. All right. All right. Next up, Quintesson's allegiance to Unicron, because I guess they pick up his leftovers is the idea. Subgroup. Quintesson, Function, Enforcer, First Appearance, Transformers the Movie, Issue Number 2. His quote is, Everyone is guilty until proven innocent, and even then, he's guilty. So I guess RC's off the hook, because he seems to be making the assumption that all males are guilty right off the bat. But, uh, right. hey. The Quintessons were huge in Season 3. In the movie, yeah. not so much. They were just kind of a one-off bad guy, but god damn, in Season 3, they were just massive. They didn't do much with the like with the the notion that is carried forth here that they're like servants of Unicron. Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. I don't yeah, like. In like, fact, seems... the cartoon it seems like contradictory. They, they, they're more about themselves. Yeah. Well, not only that, but in the cartoon it seems like they're the creators of the Transformers. So. Yeah, I mean they yeah, they yeah. definitely made that leap that they're the the masterminds behind uh, you know. The, the two classes of, of robot on Cybertron. I like these these other designs. Like you, when you think of Quintessons, you usually think of yeah the floating egg with the faces. But like these other designs down here, like 
you know, I don't. I'm sure they're in a bunch of like group scenes and like the courtroom scenes, but you don't really see them that often. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like the one guy in the bottom is like the guy who drops everybody into the pit when he pulls yeah. the lever. Yeah, you know, stuff like those, that. Yeah. You know, just, you know what else is not on here is the. Uh, I, I guess you'd call him the bailiff. That design. That's not I, on I was there. about to say, like, I think one of them's called the bailiff and the jailer. Yeah. Yeah, because the, there's like, a the scientist bit. design too, isn't there? Yeah. Oh yeah, that that one episode, yeah. That, that almost like, looks like the floating head, but it's a single head. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. The like, I, was, like I always thought it was interesting. Like the 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 main, you know, the quad headed Quintesson looked a lot more electronic, but then the bailiff had those kind of organic limbs and stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I I think that was like an idea to like kind of expand the Transformers universe, like they did in season two, where like. The Quintessons, I mean, because they, uh, I think there was an episode where they actually said they did the transorganics or whatever they were called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, they experiment with a lot of shit, so, I mean. It seems, it seems like it also brings back the idea of, you know, something that we were talking about often on these last couple episodes with Transformers and even G.I. Joe is it brings back that added element of a third faction that, like, throws some some chaos into the, the mix, you know, it's like Quintessons could easily be like the way the Insecticons were in their first appearance or the way Zartan and the Dreadnoughts were in G.I. Joe, where it was like this sort of third faction that is a little unpredictable. It's like, you know, I guess if, if, if you fall into that trap of predictability where it's like, oh, the Autobots are good, the Decepticons are bad, they fight, the Decepticons lose, and you do that for like 30 episodes in a row, maybe it gets tired, so you throw in these guys like the Quintessons, and it's like, the Autobots fight the Decepticons, oh shit, the Quintessons are here, maybe we have to team up the Decepticons and the Autobots, or maybe the Quintessons have to work with the Autobots to stop the Decepticons, or maybe the Decepticons team up with the, you know what I mean, and it's <laughs> Sort of yeah. creates that unknown element, so so kind of you know it, it's a clever way to uh, I guess sort of mislead your audience into thinking you're doing something a little fresh, you know. Well, it's well, like, well, oh, this is a little different, you know. Well, one thing that I thought was always really fun about season three is like there was like a couple episodes where like the Quintessons would team up with the Decepticons, but every single fucking time the Quintessons would betray the Decepticons, and I was like, that that's funny. Because that's because like we're the most evil force in the you know it's the cartoon you know like that they had to be that way you know they'd be like we're the most evil force in the universe and the quiz was like we totally betrayed you ha ha you know? <laughs> we're more evil than you we have five heads you have one <laughs> I I always um, appreciated all the crazy fanfic timelines that tried to reconcile you know everything the Quintesson said with like things like Simon Furman's description of Primus and Unicron and all that kind of stuff. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, yeah, you can you can reconcile them. You just say, like, the Quintessons, like, inhabited, like, a primordial, like, Cybertron or whatever, yeah, and yeah. then took, took the credit for everything Primus right, did right, or right. whatever, yeah, but... Yeah, uh, well, I mean, and, and then in the, the aspect of, like, organic life being on Cybertron, maybe, and Beast Machines could be somewhat attributed to, you know, Quintesson experimentation yeah. like that. Yeah, do yourself a favor, uh, Derek. Uh, Mike's probably read this. Brian's probably read this. Never read the Aquarius entry on TF Wiki for uh, Kiss players. No. He, he's a, he's a good Quintesson. I don't know. You mentioned Kiss players, and I'm getting visions of little girls and Quintesson tentacles. So. Well, no, well, well, no, it's actually not sexual. It's just he's okay. a good Quintesson. It's just really weird. Well, there's that Quintesson and Energon Alpha Q. Oh. Get it? I... Alpha Q. 
I'll fuck you. (laughs) I will. Um, And also, horrible toy. So, speaking of toys, I've seen some cool, like, sort of fan-made, like, G1-type, like, little Quintessence statuette PC things in the past or whatever. I I forget the name of the company, but they did a really good... They did did the uh, Sharticon, Alicon, and Quintessence. They they went out of business. You can't buy them anymore. The Alicon, I thought, kind of sucked, but I got the the Judge Quintessence, and he's really cool. And actually, I think my... um, Quintesson might be a different company than the uh, Sharkticon or the Alli- Alligatorcon, whatever. All right, so moving on. Uh, next up, we've got Scourge. Scourge is a Decepticon. His function is Sweep Leader. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number one. His quote, Desolation follows in my trail. All right, uh, fanboys, I'm just going to let you know right now. Shut the fuck up. He's a dead Decepticon. Doesn't matter which one he is. He's a fucking dead Decepticon. <laughs> Get the fuck over it, okay? <laughs> I hate that fucking controversy. I hate that shit. I don't even know what you're talking about. And there's all these people who say, like, when they got reformatted, he's like Thundercracker or Scourge or Bombshell or whatever. And it's, like, so stupid. Uh, just made, It just says, yeah, from the wreckage of dead Decepticons. So, yeah, know, and everybody's like... like Probably yeah. some kind of Frankenstein type deal. Yeah, oh, in other words, what they're they're trying to like insinuate like, like sweeps or zombies, but in reality they're just made from the corpses of. They're, 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 they're trying to imply that like G one characters are this guy. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, well, well, I, think, he... I think I think Scourge was clearly his own character when he had the power in him of a hundred Decepticons. <laughs> I really like the one, uh, I can't remember the name of the episode, where uh, Scourge got the uh, Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's burning. That, that is yeah. burning. Yeah, it is burning, yeah. Yeah, you get all, like, lumpy and, like, rah, rah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and Scourge, I will say this right now. I want to bring up something we don't want to talk about. But Dreamwave, why the fuck was Scourge in there for five seconds on a shuttle just to say, hey, and then die? Oh, yeah, in that second miniseries? I don't know. There was something they were going to do with him, and then they didn't because Dreamwave imploded, and that's the end of that. So Yeah, so let's just forget about that. But that, that still pissed me off. It's like, I'm Scourge. Hey, how you doing, Scourge? I'm dead. Okay, what the fuck? <laughs> well, in the Mar- the UK comics, it seemed like Scourge was, like, the smart one, and Cyclonus was, like, the dumb one. But yeah. And yeah. in, in the cartoon, he was just kind of the, the more devious one, I'd say. And mm-hmm. He was like, we don't have Starscream, let's kind of make him Starscream, but not really. But. And then in, in like, the Headmasters cartoon, like, Cyclonus and Scourge basically become, like, Bebop and Rocksteady, more or less. <laughs> They're, like, like, total clowns, almost. But. Yeah. I, 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 Bulk and Skull, yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing that really like annoying me about Scourge is like, like you see this picture right here is like is is a very minor nitpick. I always like the idea that Scourge had the red fingernails, and that's what like kind of made him Scourge. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, just just like a like slight differential like visual thing, just like you mm-hmm. know, and like the the blood red fingernails. He's like kind of a vampire, kind of a you know evil guy, and like all the other sweeps are just like. Like, but he looks right here, you know, just blue and white, you know. I don't know. Aesthetic. I think it's funny in, in the vehicle profile, he's got his, like, head popped up with the little 
readout on his eyeballs or whatever. He did that in the movie. He told yeah, him. Yeah. He's like, you want me to gut Ultra Magnus? <laughs> yeah. Put your head back down, Scourge. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, his classics remake was probably one of my top favorite, top five yeah, favorite. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, it's great, yeah. It's it's solid, solid toy. It, it does not get as much love as Cyclonus, because Cyclonus is a really good mold, and I love Cyclonus, but Scourge is not bad at any way. Shape. He can he can he can even do the popped up head thing. He can. Mode, yeah. Sweet. I, I think uh, actually the titanium is actually not too bad either. I, hey, I have a, I have a question that we didn't <laughs> really deal with when Cyclonus came up, but uh, much in the way that say Shockwave in the comics was quite divergent from you know the cartoon or whatever. I know we've brought up the UK comics as a point of divergence in the cartoon. Uh, from the comics, but what did you guys think of uh, Cyclonus and Scourge being part of Scorponox crew? Because I always thought that was strange to me, like, because I had sort of dealt with Cyclonus and Scourge being sort of the loyal lieutenants of Galvatron for so long, and to me, they seemed so important in the hierarchy of Decepticons, but I guess, you know, when the Headmasters miniseries came out, it was just kind of like there were a bunch of goofballs who went along for the ride with Scorponok's crew to Nebulos. Like, did, did anybody else... Well, they, they do explain that. Like, they say at the end of uh, Legacy of Unicron, when, like, Death said tackles Scourge and Cyclonus through that time portal, like, there's a little aftermath thing. It's like, where it's like, Cyclonus and Scourge ended up in the distant past where they would come to serve under Scorponok or something. Like, so... But, but I guess my point is, like, even though I'm aware of that as far as, like, a timeline, like, that doesn't explain, like, how come they weren't running things then? Like, if they were from the future and they were, like, the right-hand man of, like, Shockwave well, and Galvatron. Well, because they were just... I, I think that was, that, was, that was their future, and they came from a different future. It diverged, right? Well, more or less, but the Scourge and Cyclonus were just guys in the Marvel comics. They weren't, like, you know, super powerful or anything. I mean... Megatron was like tossing them around. Shock mm. was beating them up, and Death. I just I always thought of them as kind of as as maybe as tarantulas would say, like they are kind of Unicron spawn. So I always thought they were better well, than your. In the in the UK, I guess they were just more like sweeps, uh, not sweeps, but uh, seekers. They're just like you're a jet. Fuck off. I don't know. They were well, like I said, they were both kind of dopes in the UK comics. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. I don't know. You know, you can you can come up with any number of explanations, really. Maybe well, I mean, just, I understand they were it's a just different like, interpretation, but it's just that that those did seem to be in conflict to me, you know. So. And maybe they were just like, okay, well, we got to wait out history before anything else like important happens, so let's just do it, you know, like let's just chill, just chill in the shadows and not not rock the boat too much. Yeah. All right, Sharkticon, Allegiance Quinnison. Function Executioner, first appearance, Transformers the Movie, issue number two. Quote, everything is prey. He never looked that cool. That is a really great drawing. Weird colors, though. Really dull colors. Yeah, yeah, off colors, yeah. I'm surprised they don't call him Naw. I know, right? Yeah. They name him by his group rather than his actual name. Yeah. I, I guess think, maybe Noah didn't exist then, or I don't know. Exactly. I think they're trying to tie, tie into the movie because they were just like Sharkticons, you know all that. I, I like the big tusks off the chest. That's really cool. 
Mm-hmm. It's a really good drawing. Shark like yeah. Duckons were always like cannon fodder troops and stuff, so I, I was never really, you know, I didn't really have many strong opinions on them. Well, right. Interestingly enough, this is one of the few season three toys I did not go out of my way to get, so... Well, I mean, the thing about it is, like, I like the idea of Shardicons, but that, okay, when you look at the damn transformation mode, that is not a goddamn shark. No, not really. I mean, it's it's scary, it's creepy, it's, like, weird-looking, but it's not a fucking shark, okay? Well, but yeah. they're called Shardicons, I mean. He's they're got the little... It. They're conning you into thinking they're sharks. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like if if you think con or bot as some kind of robotic appendage, it's like just because you call something like a cattle bot doesn't mean it has to be like a four legged cat. I mean, a cattle bot could be, you know, an anthropomorphic looking human thing that looks like Cheetor that happens to have a cat head. I mean. It's like and they, and the they tail, com- maybe. You they know, compare like. them in the profile to piranhas. I mean, maybe mm. if they were called piranacons, like mm. you know, like maybe they look a little bit more like piranhas, like not too much, but. Well, I mean, they've got kind of shark teeth, and he's got the little shark fin. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Well, they they act like piranhas too. They mm. they what do you call attack like as swarms? Or... Yeah. Thank you, Mike. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not arguing with Derek. But I'm just saying. It's like, no, no, I, no, no, no. I'm just. I'm just throwing out there like some yeah, devil's shark like. Yeah. yeah, yeah, devil's advocate. It's cool. I mean, they're not bad characters. I mean, they they were really fun. I mean, like they got their asses kicked by the Dinobots in the movie. But I mean, I like the Shardicons. I really do. I, I really want like an updated version of them. I mean, there's the two third party choices coming out. Ah. Uh, so expensive, but like I, mean, I actually like the like the fizz gig uh, multiple teeth. Mm-hmm. And they, fizz, they, they, gig. <laughs> fizz gig, fizz <laughs> gig. I mean, they look really menacing. I mean, they're they're like a good character. It's just like you know, it's, it's like kind of a funny name. I I think I would not be so like anal about it if they didn't do the sea cons like a year or two later. And there's like, oh, there's a shark. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's not like he's a whole lot better, though. I mean, him and, like, uh, yeah, true. I and Ripper Snapper don't really make uh, much of a shark, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a shark with arms and legs. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You're true. I mean, you know, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but, I mean, are you are you envisioning, like, 20 million sky bites instead? Like, would that make you feel better? Or? Well, no, I mean, it's not like it hurts my feelings. It's just like, you know, I just don't see a shark in that. I'm just imagining, like, Rodimus and Cup, like, driving around in car mode and all these giant, like, sky bite sharks, like, flopping on their sides <laughs> as they get run over. <laughs> plop, 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 plop. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think maybe for story purposes, it's like, if, if they were strictly sharks, like, then, like, everyone would have to be in the water then, right? I mean, because you couldn't have that scene where they... They come up on the land or whatever, and go after. Well, I mean, at the same time, as like, I will totally give like you know, credits for credits to do is like you know, you had to do what you had to do with like the engineering at the time. You know, you had to like give legs and arms to this fucking thing. So I mean, you have to like you know, engineer a toy that can look kind of like an animal, but. Well, I mean, they tried to add, like, the play value to it. Like, his tail became, like, a mace-type weapon, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It came with a gun, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, like I said, I don't hate this. 
it just kind of like, you know, it was like, eh, it's kind of weird, but... No, 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 I I guess I know what you're saying. You're saying they call it a Sharkticon, but when you look at it, maybe shark's not the first thing that comes to your mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, like MonsterCon or, like, Piran- like, like Mike said, Piranacon. I mean, it's like, it's not something that's going to keep me awake at night. I don't sit here and, like, dwell on it. But it's, like, just kind of like, you know, like, when I look at it, I'm like, eh, it's kind of weird. But, you know. Okay, that's cool. But, but, but at the same time, in the movie, the movie scene where they, all, like, all swarm around them and they all drive around them and, like, the dynamos come in, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think about that when I watch the movie. I'm like, oh, this is a fucking cool scene, you know. It's like, Do you guys ever think that? Uh, Gnaw was going to be a Decepticon. Like, I remember seeing the profile and the maybe the toy in the little catalog, but having not, like, seen the movie yet, and then kind of wondering, like, oh, that's kind of weird. He's not really a, you know, obviously here his allegiance is to the Quintessons, and he's basically, you know, Quintesson cannon fodder. Um, I was just curious. Like, I did, I did have a brief moment there where I was like, I thought this guy was a Decepticon, you know. Yeah. Actually, uh, in Dreamwave, uh, Wheelie was friends with Gnaw. They were yeah, buddies. it was like Gnaw was kind of like a, a outcast Sharkticon or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He he was his uh, wasn't it his Bob for Sunstreaker? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, moving <laughs> on. Springer. Hell now, yeah! I just want to say, Tony, that a spring is not the first thing that comes to mind when I see <laughs> Springer. Um. Anyway, Allegiance, Autobot, Function, Aerial Defense, First Appearance, Transformers, the movie, issue number one. His quote, strength is more than physical. Not a fan of this drawing too much because he looks really blocky and squat, but Springer is probably my, yeah, he looks like he's like, it's kind of a midget. <laughs> RC after feeding him too many pot pies back at the Cybertronian homestead, huh? Yeah. But Springer is probably probably one of my favorite season three Autobots. I, lo- I love this guy. He's really well. Cool. He he definitely picked up the torch that guys like Braun laid down. You know, he's yeah. the funny wisecracking guy who made you laugh. You know, as you mentioned before, he he had that Han Solo devil may care flair to him. I mean, he was definitely you know that that kind of guy that was you know in, in the midst of all this chaos, he still came off as very charming and and capable so oh yeah and leader of the wreckers yeah great guy i mean like if, if there was a transformer i could like go buy a beer for it'd be springer yeah yeah i've always thought springer is cool i mean i don't have a lot to say about him other than that i mean he's I think leader of the wreckers i think his original toy yeah. was kind of ass oh yeah, yeah. It, was, it was yeah yeah it was his classics toy is excellent. Yeah, I, I see all you guys posting about that. Like, he, he does look pretty cool. I mean, I've seen him in the, in the Walmart a couple times or whatever. He has feet. <laughs> the one, the original G1 doesn't. <laughs> he has, like, fins. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, since I, I guess I am the Springer fanboy, I always like the fact that he was the only triple changer, really, in the, like, cartoon. Like, he had Sandstorm for a minute. He had broadside for like a cup of coffee, and like the fact that they, they took Springer and made him the leader of the records, I'm like that that's really cool. And I I kind of I really I really you know kind of like that. And you know his attitude is really cool. And I don't know it's it's, it's just one of those things you can't really uh, 
compartmentalized. It's like you just like somebody. I like Springer. Springer's a cool guy. I always I found it funny that like like his jumping ability was never really brought yeah. up in the cartoon. Like, yeah, he doesn't spring a lot. <laughs> I mean, in the comics, they show him having like rocket boosters on his back that let him jump around, but that's about it, really. I always thought it was interesting that I guess maybe because of the time gap between when the original Decepticon Triple Changers had been released and then when these Autobot ones were released, but I never, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of times they kind of do the obvious thing where it's like, oh, hey, Soundwave fights with Blaster, you know, like, because they're both, like, tape decks or whatever, you know. Like, you would think that, you know, be like Astrotrain would be, like, Springer's arch nemesis or something, but that never really came to pass as far as I could see. Well, see, you, you, I think his I think his original commercial, he fight he's pitted against, like, Rekgar or something. Yeah, yeah. I think because that was kind of like a tie-in to like the movie scenes where they could grab clips from the the fight between those two. He's like, I hate Monty Python, you son of a bitch. You've ruined bunnies for me forever. Oh. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, yeah, but Springer's awesome. That's all I say about that. Anything else on Springer, guys? Brian, Mike? No. He's cool. All right, Ultra Magnus, Autobot, City Commander, is not the same character as Optimus Prime. First appearance, Transformers the Movie, issue number one, quote, consistency is victory. Dude, Ultra Magnus, he's all soldier. <laughs> he is. He's yeah. all soldier. All I, soldier. I, I think G, in G1 he got the shaft again like Rodimus, but... He's really coming to his own in the later comics, which we're not talking about. But G one, eh, they they could treat him better. They can't treat him like I don't. Him. I don't think like I think he sort of has like he gets like that sort of like Cyclops like boo like reaction for his actions in the movie where he's like you know. You know, for his, I can't deal with that now, like, attitude. and It's like, Springer, the reason he can't deal with it now is because you're about to be, like, shot in the ass by, like, a bunch of, like, crazy people behind you, you know? <laughs> well, no, I don't hate Ultraman. I just, I, I just don't think they, they really gave him enough credit, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, like, I, he, he did seem to get, you know primary focus in a lot of episodes. I mean, you may yeah. not like it that it's like surprise party where he gets, you know, some focus <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But I mean, he, he definitely, you know, was, I mean, it, the only thing you may say is if you would, if you would have hoped that Ultra Magnus would have been the one to really carry Prime's torch, well, obviously Rodimus Prime kind of gets in the way of that. But I mean, he definitely had his, his day, you know, fighting against Cyclonus and being that, you know, stand-up, second-in-command type guy. So, I mean, I, I never thought he got shafted all that much. And then I think, especially in, like, the U.K. comics, he yeah, gets he was, to do a lot. He was pretty yeah. badass. Oh, yeah, he, was yeah. always, he was always fighting with Galvatron, who was usually ripping off everybody's head left and right. And just the fact that he didn't die, like, when he fought Galvatron to me, was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I think this is pretty cool, you know? You know, you know, I'll actually, I will say this, and I'll go on record for it. People make fun of this quote all the time, but you know what? Actually, this is what Ultra Magnus is. He's like, my God, it's beautiful. Give me the bomb. And you know, everybody makes fun of that, but he's like, no, we have to fucking do this. He's like, he takes the time to actually look at it and say, this is fucking awesome. 
but they gotta do some fucking shit. So give me the fucking bomb. Well, he's all soldier. Exactly. He's not a bad character. He, he and like, oh god, uh, what's his fucking name? Um, uh, unsolved mysteries guy. Robert. Robert Stack. Robert Stack. Robert Stack. <laughs> all fucking, three of us said it. Yeah, I know, right? <clears throat> Robert Stack knocked you out of the fucking park on the movie. He was awesome. Come on, showtime's over. We've got work to do. Much later. I also, I, I, I am highly amused by uh, hate plague infested Ultra Magnus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll get your gas fumes anywhere. <laughs> All that resentment. Yeah. yeah. That was, oh. Rodimus. <laughs> you can't escape, Rodimus. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Like the uh, the inner Wolverine came out of Ultraman. Right. Where's Rodimus Prime? I want him. Uh, <laughs> Not in that way. Shut up, you fucking pervs. Uh, it's just an expression. <laughs> it's an angry idea. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, just for uh, again because I keep doing this because it's my thing this time. If you really like uh, Ultra Magnus, he actually was a upgraded version of uh, Convoy in the Diaclone version called uh, Powered Convoy, which he actually appeared in in the uh, samples of the Transformers movie and his more more blue and red version. Yeah, that's where the the colors are kind of. Reverse, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty sort much. Of, yeah. Like the blue is red and the red is blue, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. He was powered convoy, um, and that was the diaclone version that you can pick up for a lot of money, a lot of fucking money. So have fun with that. But, um, but yeah, that's. that's I, I enjoyed. I mean, I know Brian joked about that my dog did me a favor, but I, I, I like my Ultra Magnus toy. He was fun. He is cool. Yeah. It was also I was all happy because I had another another set of fists, you know, since I had probably lost most of Optimus Prime's fists by that point, which Ultra Magnus could donate his fists to Prime <laughs> and then I could still have a big Ultra Magnus, you know, so nice. Yeah. Well, wouldn't he have, he have like Michael Jackson hands, like That's okay. like a white gloved hand? Or... Doesn't matter. <laughs> Prime don't. Hey, hey, remember if 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 one fist hole is a detriment, no fist holes means you're a cripple in the the eyes of Transformers fans. So. Apparently, uh, you know Optimus Prime needs some fist holes, man. Anything uh, new wise with Ultra Magnus Classics toys or anything like that that I am not aware of that. Maybe well, he, he has that. a straight-up repaint of Classics Prime, and then you can buy, like, the third-party city commander armor to make him look cool. But oh, okay. No, so how, it, how does that It's pretty good, but um, there's, no, there's no armored version of, like, Magnus, really. Well, there kind of is. There's the false Cybertron one, which is a remold of Prime, but he's really small, so... Yeah. Yeah, if you want a good Ultra Magnus, don't go for that. Yeah, he's not bad. I like him, but he, he's tiny. He's really tiny. Upcoming uh, actual real masterpiece toy. Oh yeah, yeah they have yeah. they have mentioned that. Yeah, is that yeah. the Prime that's just painted white? Or? Well, that one was released before, um, and like you said, yeah, it's just a white Prime, which kind of blows. But there's actually like a Ultra Magnus with trailer and combining function. Oh, wow. Okay. Masterpiece story coming up. It's pretty pricey. 
So pretty much is, like G one, but awesome. Yeah. You know how you were talking about like scale before, like what kind of scale will, will that one be in? He'll be the size of a small child. <laughs> I, I have to assume. He can probably but, I mean, is dog. he going to be bigger than Prime? Or there, there that? hasn't been any pictures released, so it's hard to say to be honest. But I would, yeah. I would imagine, like if they're trying to, like they, especially lately, they if, seem to if, be focusing on like the G1 cartoon scale, even. If um, he combines with the trailer, though, he at least has to be an inch or two taller, at least. Yeah, I would think he'd be like an inch or two taller than Prime Masterpiece Prime. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, one more, or wait, one more? No, we got a couple more entries. Uh, next up, we got uh, Unicron. Allegiance to no one. Uh, function Universal Dominator. How do you apply for that? You're like, yeah, um, I've been a uh, secretary. I've been a teleprompter. I've been a Universal Dominator. You're like, all right. First appearance, Transformers the Movie, issue number one. His quote, that which does not become a part of me shall become one with the great void. I'm going to go ahead and do this right now, because uh, Unicron's never been a favorite character of mine. He's been a very important character. He's done a lot of shit, but he's never been, like, quite a character. Uh, he's just this big bad who is big and bad, and that's what he does. Like, well, yeah, I mean, his motivation is destroy everything, so, I mean, there's not much you can do with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, like, just, yeah, not very not very impressive on the character scope, impressive on the story scope, yeah, so it's like, oh, you always want to fight the big bad, but, like, Unicron has got a really well-designed Transformer mode, he's got a really cool planet mode, but he just, he, 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 he he's like, the last guy you want to fight in the like the boss game, you know, it's like you remember it. He's really cool, but you don't really have to say anything about it to your friends. It's like I beat that guy. That's all you have to say. I beat that guy. I, I just think the problem is like I think he was really good as a big bad in Transformers the movie, but it seems like in the Transformers fandom, since they constantly reboot things and restart things, it seems like Unicron becomes the go-to guy eventually, and like. It's kind of boring, you know, like, yeah. like it, it's like, come up with something new, like, you know, make him, uh, you know, Wackytron or Gigatron or, you know, Sam-a-lam-a-ding-dong-tron or whoever, but, you know, make some other guy, you know. That, they that, they that, kind that, of venomed him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after the movie and then, like, Transformers, like, 75, like, after that, like, no other, like, appearance of him has been really, like, that good, really. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah, the, there's not too much you could, I mean, yeah, I, I'd say those are both pretty well-deserved, big bad moments, you know? It's like, obviously, the movie for, you know, it was the first time he appeared and everything, and then just the sheer level of sort of violence inflicted on Transformers and, and issue number 75, I mean, that's... You know, I guy was getting impaled on his fingernails and, you know, yeah. all kinds of crazy I thought that was, like, a more, like, yeah, brutal, like, uh, portrayal of, like, his attack on Cybertron. And, and, like, I like I like the fact that, like, they all, like, when they first see him, they all, like, fucking run away. Because they're like, holy shit! Like, I, see, I feel like that's more, like, realistic than, yeah. Yeah. you know, just attacking him and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think one of my favorite versions of Unicron actually is the uh, Cybertron Deluxe, just because it's like the storyline on the back of his card is like he got his ass kicked by uh whatever super awesome kick your ass Prime, 
and is like re- reduced to a shell of his former self. It's like not even his full like you know memory and stuff. And he's like hunting around on Cybertron and killing people like a motherfucker and just being like this badass. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. I like the idea of this like guy just being like you know taken down from his you know the Thor thing you know like taken down from his godly status and just like hunting down people and stuff. And it's like they 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 too much tend to go to Unicron for the big bad, and they, they really, I mean, Prime really fucked that up. I really hated the fucking Unicron thing on that. Yeah, pro- yeah that, was, that, was, was that was a good example of a disappointing use of Unicron. I also think in the uh, whole Armada trilogy, or whatever you want to call that, I think all that Unicron stuff was kind of just, you know, I guess, by the numbers, I guess. Yeah, Over, yeah overblown, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when he first came back, like, in Armada, it was a big deal because that was, like, the first, like, fully released Unicron toy, like, but... Yeah, but the, the, the toy was better than the story. Yeah, exactly, but the actual story itself, like, in the comics, he didn't even transform, and in the show, he transformed into robot mode and just stood there while, like, everyone just kind of did stuff inside him or flew around him. <laughs> kick yeah. my ass. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I dare you to kick my ass. Ow, ow, stop. You're so kicking my ass. What the fuck? <laughs> and then Energon, he was just a big fucking plot device. Yeah, he was like, Galvatron's like piloting him and stuff. And we've got to go, you know, go to Unicron and do stuff and give him a new, like, black paint job. And Yeah, and, and Walter from Fringe is not, not the best choice for Unicron. I no, don't know what he, it is. But it just he I mean he's not a bad actor or anything, but it just it just didn't work. No. I, I I think like you know I mean like I'm gonna reenact this and it's gonna be horrible, but like I think the thing about Transformers is like the original G one, you know, he's this ominous, like, you know just oppressive force for the entire movie. And then at the end, you know, he comes into Cybertron, he destroys the moon, you know, like, destroys two moons, I believe. And he's coming out of Cybertron, he crushes it, he's, like, standing on Cybertron. You know, he's, like, standing there, like, his wings spread out, he's, like, being this fucking demon apocalypse for this whole thing. And, again, your best heroes are only, like, compared to your best villains. And he's the best villain in the world at that point in the movie. And then, like, you know, you hear the fucking music, and you hear, like, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, they, they fucking crash through his fucking eyeball, and you're like, holy shit, they're fucking kicking his ass. You know, it's like, that's like, you know, that's that's what makes a villain. is like, when the, the villain is so much of a badass, the good guys kick his ass. And now the villain is not that much of a badass. Well, it, it's kind of like, it reminds me of the way, like, certain big bads show up in storylines, but then since it's a, you know, a serial storyline, you know, whether it's comics or a series of sequels and films, it's like, you know, how many times can Mongol get his ass kicked by, like, Kyle Rayner and Flash before he becomes a joke, you know? Like, yeah. it's like that thing of, you know, it's like, you know, how many times are you going to see Unicron get his ass kicked before you're like, oh, it's just Unicron. You know, as opposed to when, like, when you first yeah. saw him, you went, holy shit, look at the massive size of this planet, and he's eating all these people, and there's no way he just yeah. ate the Autobots' moons. There's no way we can, you know, Galvatron can't stand up to him. He's, you know, 
getting mentally tortured. Like, how can they? How can they possibly, you know, win and all this other stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that—that's one thing comics do really well. I mean, like, I know it's better than do this with like Unicron, you know, but like you have Magneto, who who turns to good at some point. You know, it's like you know, and the character evolution. You know, it's hard to do with Unicron, but you know, I mean, we can't get too much deep into Unicron. He's like. As far as as far as this miniseries goes, as far as like the Transformers movie, he was a really good big bad. I'll give him that. As far as the movie goes, really good big bad. He's degenerated really badly since then in the last thirty years, but for that one like hour and thirty minute like movie, he was really great. Right. And the com- and the comic, I'd say. And yeah, like, seventy five was good. Yeah. Oh, that was cool. good as well. And it, it had been, like, by that time, it had been, like, you know, six or seven years since you last saw Unicron. Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't like it was just old hat. It was, yeah. it was there was actually some build-up to it. You know, it wasn't like every other issue of the comic or every other animated incarnation of the series. They're like, oh, okay, time to bust out the Unicron card. And he just kind of went, oh. <laughs> Unicron is the buster. <laughs> Buster didn't leave us on a planet to eat <laughs> some energy on. I just love hearing Derek say the Busta. I'm the sorry. Busta. Busta. <laughs> so, okay, uh, anything on, on, like, any of those, like, Energon Unicron toys or, or that, that funny-looking prototype that looks like a funny soccer ball or whatever it was? Um, I, w- I will say, actually, the Armada Unicron toy is really good. I really like him. The Amazon yeah, exclusive repainted version is even better. Is that like so sort of like cartoon accurate colors? Yeah, they colored him as he. Doesn't he have a new head too? Uh, yeah, I think there is slight remolding on his head to make him look more like the cartoon too. Cool. Okay. Neat. All right. So that's something I didn't know about. Hopefully, if you guys don't know about it and you want to track it down, maybe you can. Are those like super expensive on the aftermarket? Yeah, it's expensive. Okay. Moss <laughs> expensive. All right. Moving on. The wild boy of Quinnison, Wheelie. Wheelie. I'm going to stick up for Wheelie if anybody's going to yell at him in this. Uh, Wheelie is an Autobot. His function is survivalist, so he'd be really good on The Walking Dead. His first appearance is Transformers, the movie issue number three. His quote, only the fierce shall live. You know what I remember about Wheelie the most is my golden books. You know, the story of Wheelie, the wild boy mm-hmm. of Quintesson. Like, I love that little, the little thing. If they had done that with him, stuff. I would have been totally on, on board with him. Yeah. I'll say one quick bad thing about Wheelie, and that's about all I'll have to say. But, uh, okay. like, his toy is crap. It looks like a snail with yeah. wheels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't yeah, know. The play, movie's not the that bad. Awful. Yeah. Uh, he definitely doesn't deserve all the hate he gets, but whatever. The, the uh, easiest part to lose is the little cockpit flip. Uh, yeah, the uh, cap. Yeah. I, I will say again, I've <laughs> said this a couple times, this is a really great drawing of him. Really good art. Love it. There, there's been a third-party wheelie, hasn't there? Uh, a couple. An accurate yeah. one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing something like that before. There was a recent remold of jazz, uh, classics yeah. jazz. The was, jazz is really good. I like, even because of slingshot, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But no, there is a, there is actually a third party like straight up Willie like uh, movie mode, and he actually he's not too bad. He's like probably about the size of like I'd say maybe like half an inch shorter than a generation's 
uh, deluxe, like the like normal deluxes, not the shorter ones. But it's probably, just probably the same size as the shorter ones, yeah. Was it the Just It toys, like Cyclonus and Wheelie, that you're talking about? Might have been, yeah. Because those were like insanely like priced until like the classic oh, yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah, they were they were really high. I mean, well, Derek was just wondering. I mean, like if you want to pay the money, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't hate Wheelie. I just, I mean, I, I thought he was super annoying as a kid, but now I'm just kind of ambivalent towards him, pretty yeah. much. I don't, I don't ever think I thought of him as annoying. Like I kind of thought of him, you know, you know how I guess before we were talking about how Bumblebee takes on some hot rodish attributes in later Transformers series. I just thought Wheelie was a logical extension of what Bumblebee originally was. Like, he was the one that was always palling around with Daniel, who was essentially, you know, the future version of Spike. You know, he was Spike's offspring, his son. And thus, you know, you had Wheelie and Daniel hanging out. And if if they were annoying to me, like, when I did my silly, uh, what do you call them, uh, trailer mashups of Lord of the Rings and Transformers, it wasn't annoying... Any more annoying than Sam and Frodo being all, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think the only thing about Wheelie is just like you know, just be like, Derek. Just imagine if I was like someone who lived close to you, and I like came to your house. And I'm like, Hey, D, let's go pee. Hey, look, there's a subway sandwich. Let's go get a manwich. You would probably, <laughs> punch me, you know. Well, only because your rhymes are atrocious and you don't make lot <laughs> You of have sense. no structure. But if you were, if you were like the demon Etrigan, and you were once a man, then I'd be like, BAM! <laughs> you know, so, like, you know, something, you know, anyway. But, yeah, I, I just, I appreciate, like, I always got mad, especially in, like, the Justice League cartoon, when they're like, yeah, we won't make Etrigan rhyme. Like, that's dumb. You know, I was just like, what, you can't spend five minutes to come up with a cool rhyme? Like, fuck you, Bruston. But anyway, you know, like, I, it's just I, one I, of those I, things, like, I appreciate that kind of stuff. And then, of course, like I said, Wheelie Daniel took out Trypticon. Badass, right there. Like, yeah, I don't hate Wheelie. I just, I mean, I like the wild boy Quinnison thing more than just like the like you know rhyming like kind of somebody. Yeah. Like, I think I think Spotlight Wheelie does a good job of like showing his survivalist like side. Yeah. Yeah, and when he's like palling around with Ryan Pax, that's like even you know like something I can get down with. It's like he rhymes, but he's not like you know like, oh, I got stabbed. This is really bad. It did. Right, right. Yeah. Stop rhyming, Tony. Okay, Mike, that's fine. I can't help it. You like psych. Um, you want to get you want to get stabbed? Then keep rhyming. <laughs> I can see Mike's hand coming out of the Skype screen right now. It's scary. All right, moving on. Rekgar. This will be the final movie entry, and this will be our last entry. So we're going to dare to be stupid here with the Autobot, who is a Junkion, and his function is Junkion leader. His first appearance is Transformers the Movie, issue number three. His quote is, collect and save, collect and save. I don't know. You'd think it would be some kind of TV quote, but whatever. They, they they kind of annoy me in the movie. They're just like really fucking goddamn happy. They're like, "You're kicking my ass. It's cool." I watched The Simpsons yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, "Damn it, Jim! I'm a doctor, not a forklift." Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're cool as as far as how they look. I like the idea of a different faction. I mean, that was a really cool idea. 
but just I think how they introduced they're like we're gonna kick your ass. Oh, you're good guys. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. And, yeah, I mean, when I saw I, the when I saw the toy commercial, I always thought that they were gonna be like didn't at some point like Rickar have like a Decepticon symbol on his. They look really evil. Yeah, they have spikes and shit on them. I don't know. It's I like, don't know. I always, I was always confused. Like when I, I know his his, his commercial is him fighting Springer, like on Junkie on. Yeah, he just really hates Han Solo. I, I think maybe because like the 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 extension is Junkie on and not like Junkbot or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, oh, Junkie on Decepticon. You know, like I was like, yeah. I I always thought maybe he was supposed to be an evil character when I initially saw him. You know, before I you know, knew the story, you know, so. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I mean, I, one thing I will say again, because I'm always the motherfucker who does this, is, like, the art is really good. I really like Redgar on here. Junkie on 1 and Junkie on 2 is also pretty good, but I really like the motorcycle for Redgar. That is a really good drawing, because he was not that detailed in the damn movie, and that's, like, I love, like, conceptual art like this. It just really, like, makes me happy, because it's, like, very detailed, you get a good idea of the characters. Like, look at Redgar. He looks like he has, like, weird, like, leather bands on his, like, lower legs and stuff. It's like, I, I enjoy really detailed drawings where you actually get the idea of these characters. It's really fun. Did anybody ever own the G1 toy? Because this was not something that I... <laughs> kind of crap. I, I did not either, but I saw... I have, I have a price guide, and Redgar actually does have a mustache and beard, but it's obviously much smaller. It's, like, really cut off. It looks looks really kind of dumb. <laughs> I didn't any... that he did. I thought he was clean-shaven. No, he has, like, this weird, like, triangle above his, like, lip, and he has, like, this weird little, like, trapezoid below his uh, mouth. It's, like, this is really bad-looking. It must be small enough that it like doesn't pass my memory muster because I don't remember having him in any, anything. I was always yeah. disappointed. It's molded, but it's just it doesn't look like the the movie at all. It's not like yeah, obviously not hanging down below his chest and stuff. Any any updates worth talking about? Like I know there was the the animated version of him, which was oh, there's by a classics one too. Yeah. Now. Generations, generations. Okay. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Generation is more like a dirt bike, though, right? Yep. Yeah, and the the anime one's more of a <laughs> more of a garbage compactor like trash <laughs> truck. They added a TV set for a head. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of cute, but cool. On the bright side, uh, Generations actually had uh, one of his junkions, though. It had Junkie, so that was pretty cool. And I think Brian, did you get the uh, Japanese? Uh, other version too? Yeah, I got the e hobby version and there's scrap heap in the US and then there's like the uh a customizer that goes by Made in Japan. Um he's done a lot of the add on kits where basically you know, you can swap out heads and add pieces of armor to the arms and stuff and make up whole new characters and a lot of them are based off like um some of the movie animated like different versions of Junkions. So oh, it's okay. it's pretty accurate representation. So you cool. can kind of build uh, your society of the planet of junk if you choose. Yeah. Now, what was uh, Mike would know this? I think. What was uh, Retgar's woman? He had in big broadcast. I don't know. Oh, was it? Didn't she call her like Nancy or something? I don't know. I think it was Nancy. Yeah, I think it was. Nancy, 
I'm back, and I'm beautiful. Baby, you're the greatest! So, I guess that pretty much concludes our coverage of Transformers Universe. This is issue four. Uh, like before, we're not doing any awesome thing of the week this week, but there is something that I did want to bring up that we thought was pertinent to our discussion, since Flora Deary did so much of the design work here on the Transformers and drew all these profiles. Uh, I just figured it'd be fun to talk about a recent acquisition that our very own fan hole, Brian, had acquired so why don't you tell us about that acquisition, and maybe we could chat about it a little bit, and that'll wrap up our show. Sure. Um, I think all three of you have seen it on the boards because I posted a picture of it. But um, occasionally, Floro Deary will um, sign some of his prints that he's made and sell them online on his daughter's Etsy store for whatever reason. So <laughs> you'll have uh, his awesome drawings alongside like uh, My Little Pony bracelets and things like that that are made from beads. But... Uh, for whatever reason, that's the way he does it, and I was lucky enough to acquire um, one of the designs he made for the movie, which is of, like, the Autobot spaceship that, you know, Ironhide and Prowl all meet their fate on. So it's basically, like, a very detailed drawing of that, and it's kind of painted with, you know, the Pantone markers that they used to use in the 80s and stuff, but just very elegantly painted, very vibrant colors on it, like, it's all shaded in, like, pink and blue hues, which kind of sounds weird, but it looks really cool on the picture. And it's signed by Flo- Floro Deary, so um, I got that this week, and I don't know. It's a great picture, like, to have. Um, he posted some other things I, I shared on the board, like uh, in one of the first scripts of Transformers movie, you know, Cybertron was supposed to transform too. I don't know if he's named Primus at that time, but he had a design of, like, Cybertron transforming as well. But uh, I think out of the – he releases like four or five of these pictures at a time usually. I think I actually got the best of the bunch, and I'm really happy with it. Yeah, it does look really cool. It kind of reminds me of like looking at a really nice sunset or something, you know, like the way mm-hmm. all the, the colors kind of the, – the vibrancy that you're describing, you know. So, it looks like, you know. like a watercolor. Mm-hmm. Another cool thing is, like, a lot of these prints will have, like, his notes about the drawings. Like, I don't know if they're for animators or editors or whatever. But um, in the background of the shuttle drawing I have, he lists the planet in the background as Athenia, which actually later appears in Transformers, like the cartoon oh, episodes. Cool. But it appears in a slightly different design. Like, once it's, like, this really jagged, weird piece of looking rock. And then the next time I think you see it is in the Headmasters cartoon. And at that time, it's sort of like an Earth styled planet, but um, in his picture here, it's like very techno, like Cybertron looking planet, so very cool. Yeah, they both look like, uh, like Quintessa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, I, I think that wraps up our Transformers universe coverage. Um, if you were happy to listen and hear about all these sort of page-by-page reviews of the universe profiles, Send us an email at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us comments on the blog spot. We've got Facebook page. Again, you know, thanks to all the fans who give us shouts out, you know, telling us what they like and just leaving us likes on the pages and everything. And even if you don't give us a shout out, but you listen, like we see all the hits on the pod bean. So we're, we're always appreciative just for the listen. So thanks again. And until the next time. This is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, this is Brian Breakdown. Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing. Hey, this is Tony. Peace.
internet again. Da-da. Oh, we haven't even started yet. Okay, that's good. I thought you guys, you're talking about Chip Chase. I thought we were already like going into it. So. No, we were just laughing at Brian's avatar and his pictures of various people being slain by Ravage. Alright, I'm going to try something risky. Let's see if I can change my avatar. That's a a high risk, huh? I know, right right now, it seems to be. (laughs) Can't even, like, fucking fart without the internet going off. 